<laughs> okay. So you really want to know, huh? Fine. I'm going to start by telling you this. And this is important, so listen up. <laughs> Your entire life, this one and many others, you've been a god who uses its absolute power to make yourself powerless. Entire cultures, especially this one, have all been afraid of their weaknesses, supposedly. When in reality, they've all been afraid of their power. This goes beyond the matrix of reality. This is something much deeper than that. This is eternal. This is fully realizing your consciousness. This is infinite. This is evolution. This is our divine right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Uh, Bootsy Greencast here. It is like the 21st day of the 21st week of the 21st. It's a special day. And I'm really excited to have uh, Cyrus Kirkpatrick on the show. Just before we get rolling, this is going to be an amazing episode. I just have a couple of things that I want to talk about real quick before we get going. Um, really, really, really excited to make a few announcements. I have uh, the next, uh, I'm about to launch a program, the Get Coached program that is going to launch uh, for real uh, next next week, uh, June 1st. We're going to make it official June 1st, and that includes a course and work with me one-on-one. I'm really excited about it. Here's a little sneak peek of what is, uh, it's a little fast, of what is included. But it's an eight-week thing, uh, live calls, uh, one-on-one, and I want to help you find and implement your life's purpose. And I have tools uh, uh, as well. Um, I have access to uh, this Discord server. If you want to just hop on there, you can grab access to that. It's an amazing, amazing community. Lots of coaches, artists, musicians, you name it, just super talented people on the Discord server who want to collaborate. We have a Skillshare and a time bank. And here's what the grid looks like with some of the folks who are you know, collaborating uh, in that Skillshare. People have a lot of different skills and you can hunt down folks who you want to collaborate with based on their abilities uh, once you hop in there. Um, And uh, let's see, I just uh, became part of the Alt Media United uh, podcast group uh, right next to my buddy, uh, Alex from Conspiracy Castle. Alex Stein, Prime 99, was on his show a couple of nights ago. Had a blast, super duper fun. I never expected to be ridiculed for being a round earther. Not that I am. I'm not really a flat earther or a round. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. But, you know, these folks, there's a lot of amazing podcasts on here. These folks are fun. I've got to give a big shout out to my buddy, Mark, and my family thinks I'm crazy. Go check him out. Uh, I'm going to have him up uh, on the show here in a little while. I'm going to be on Sam's show Zero coming up next month. There's just so much going on. I'm going to be on Truthzilla next week. Um, but I'm really happy to be uh, collaborating with these folks. And as you can see, I mean, these folks, they, they need help. Support them. Support them here. This guy right here, he can't afford shoelaces. So, you know, you got to gotta support these folks. Do everything that you can. Contact at the cabin. That's coming up with uh, Brandon Powell and Joe Roop, Magic on the Mountain and the Grimerica guys next year, February 10th through the 13th. It's going to be awesome. We're going to jump in a lot of cold water. We're going to do some breath work. Uh, you know, Darren's going to be there, who is just amazing. I really like that guy a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're super duper excited. 
Before we get started, just want to give a quick shout out to my friends at Content Safe. They make sure that this podcast sticks around, uh, whether YouTube is being fussy or not. And they can do the same for you and your friends. Um, uh, if, if, if you're interested, you know, shoot them, a, shoot them a message. They got a little calendar link here. You can click right there, contentsafe.co. So my guest today is Cyrus Kirkpatrick. I'm a big, big fan of his work. He's done some really, really cool stuff. We're going to get into it. He does a lot of uh, astral projection coaching. That seems to be kind of his main thing. But the big thing that really, really blew me away was a video that he made not too long ago, maybe only like a week or two ago. And he's really talking about balance. Okay. Like the, again, the most boring topic that everyone hates in spirituality, myself included, but it's probably the most important. And this graphic is fantastic. I've got a link to his work already down below in the video. So go ahead and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Check out his website. Cyrus, thank you so very much. Uh, sorry for that long intro, but thank you so very much. No problem. Thank, thank you, Bootsy. And once you have like, uh, um, once you have like Aaron Dowdy level subscribers, don't forget to share that graphic with everybody when you get to that point, because <laughs> right now there's not a lot of people um, seeing it, but I do, I do think that it is, I do think it's an important uh, message for people. But anyway, I'll, I'll take it back to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a very important message. And I, I, I really have, I, I love the diagram. I love how you mapped it out. It's something that we think a lot about. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I'll get to that quite that level. Uh, I kind of like having a small intimate group. Um, but regardless, I'm going to stand on the, the, the hill of, of things that I think are, are implementable, applicable, and and important for lack of a better word. And I think that uh, your work specifically, this is a zinger, um, you know, just to really keep people on that path. Can you talk a little bit about how you formulated this and sort of how it, uh, how it came into your, into your mind? Well, when I was like, probably when I was like 15 or 16, I was like, I think a lot of people that age were like, yeah, down with organized religion, man, let's go, let's, 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 let's go into like, satanism and left-hand path and you know listen to heavy metal music and even heavy metal i love heavy metal music i mean look this is my this is my um drumstick from lacuna coil look that actually doesn't have anything to do with um doesn't have anything to do with uh satanism or anything like that but you know you get kind of get into headspace you know a little bit and um because this is actually a lot of people who are especially coming a little bit from like parents might have been a little bit on the uh religious spectrum and then you get a little bit rebellious right and then as things grew on i mean i got into this field which is objective spirituality research experiences on the other side communications with the other side and putting those pieces together and studying a lot about like the afterlife going into works like like the seth speaks uh silver birch's material uh emmanuel swedenborg's material cool. and then uh once i was away from that uh, awkward teenage phase, I kind of realized, hey, you know, I, I think I was really off track with this left-hand path stuff because just thinking, you know, I, I, it's, it's all about the individual and it's all about like um, becoming, you know, the most powerful version of yourself, you know, kind of like becoming an evil warlock. That's actually like maybe not the most, maybe not the most balanced way of viewing reality. And then I became much more drawn to, you know, actually being a loving, caring person in society who wants to help everybody else. And then I'm, then I'm really on that. I'm like, you know, I totally forgot about, about those days. And then on that path, I begin to see what seems like people actually doing that at the expense 
of maybe their own individuality. It's beginning to forget who they are, beginning to forget that they are, you know, a unique creation in the divine cosmos, whatever you want to call it. And that they, again, they, they forget about who they are and they uh, sometimes start going into this version of new age spirituality, which encourages like, like self deletion. So this also relates back to my main subject, which is the afterlife. I'm sorry, my, my phone and Facebook are blowing up. I should have hid, hidden that. Anyway, which goes back into, um, you know, subject of like life after death, because you'll, you'll meet these kind of sects of people who are into that topic, who are encouraging, or at least they, they, they're promoting the belief that when you die, you get absorbed instantly back into the cosmos. And then you just get, you get spat back out again as a new reincarnated form or something like this. Mm-hmm. And then they, and then I'm like, well, do you have any interest in like who you are as an individual remaining? It's like, no, we, we have to get eaten and we have, we have to return to the, to the cosmic womb. And I realized, well, this is the opposite of like the left-hand path stuff, which is all about like individual godhood. And this, this is like, let, let, God should just, you know, swallow us whole. And then who, who he once were gets deleted. And I'm like, well, both of these are really imbalanced paths because on one hand, you're completely forgetting about who you are as a person, as an individual. And on the other hand, you, you start to fall into a selfish spiral where uh, you're only concerned with yourself. And then both of these can lead into what I call this gray area, which, which is this, uh, I, I call disunity consciousness, right? So you, we want to have some kind of unity level of consciousness, which you can achieve through meditation, which you know some people call like samadhi. But the opposite of that is going to be disunity, where in some way you're just completely disconnected from not only who and what you are, but other people as well. And it leads to a lot of confusion. And it's basically, I mean, it's kind of the level of consciousness I think we see a lot in society. Um, so that's kind of the nutshell. Of course, that graphic, I, I make it, um, I go into a lot more detail about uh, the different levels of like disunity consciousness and what happens, you know, when you're on an imbalanced right-hand spectrum and imbalanced left-hand spectrum. And then also what those can morph into including the left-hand spectrum. If you go too far, you end up with basically the, the, the dark magician archetype, mm-hmm. kind of the Alistair Crowley, Anton LaVey archetype, mm-hmm. which is like extremely good at manipulating others while circumventing their own karmic um, pushback or, you know, it's kind of like being a, being a master manipulate, manipulator of yeah. existence. So anyway, so that's my spiel about that. No, that's great. I, I think that's really, really important because, you know, I mean, there's, there's some interesting ideas about there, especially like, you know, we shouldn't be carrying around a lot of guilt, but if you think about someone who's like an, an NSP, a narcissist, a sociopath, a psychopath, they don't feel guilt. You know what I mean? So somebody who's like so far on that path, you know, they may see, they may feel like they have no consequences. They may feel like they have so much control and they become solipsistic and believing that they control a lot more than they do. And I fell into that myself, you know, I fell into that sort of uh, imbalance. And then then I found myself sitting on hot asphalt on a July night with my hands tied behind my back. So I would just, you know, uh, caution anyone who (laughs) thinks that they have that much control over reality to maybe take a step back. Uh, And then I've also been imbalanced the other way where I've lost my boundaries. I've, you know, given up who I really am in order to serve some greater idea for the common good or the greater purpose or whatever, and found myself uh, completely lost and uh, 
and 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 in a in a world of pain. So either way, I, I think I think it keeps you know it's almost it's actually it's a hermetic principle about things constantly mirror each other, especially whether it's an individual nature or society. And so I think the same thing we see it look like for example. Um, like one of my things I do, uh, travel blogging in the old days, even before the afterlife community, I had, um, you know, I did lots of about North Korea. So I went to North Korea two times. And in North Korea, you see the extreme end of collectivism, which we could maybe say is similar to the right hand path. Mm-hmm. So it's like the individual doesn't matter at all. You're just an ant in a colony and your life doesn't matter. And you should be happy if you die for the rest of the colony. Uh, so that's that's that extreme. Maybe the extreme, the extreme left hand is like every individual for themselves. I mean, this might be like um, I was going to say maybe some maybe like Mogadishu or some you know somewhere that's really messed up, where it's like every person for themselves and whoever you know whoever wins, whoever gets to the top is the top dog. Mm-hmm. And so like the, the, it, both of those systems, if you go to those types of countries, it's both just uh, sheer chaos. Like even the, you know, even North Korea is sheer chaos and it's extreme collectivization, but it's completely messed up. Yeah, that's really good. You got, uh, you know, the, the, the lizard king on one side, you know, and then you've got, you know, the, 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 uh, I guess you would say like the, um, the completely like the sheep, the sheep of sheep on the other, right. That just is like sheepish and scared and, and just wants to do you know, uh, whatever is in the, the interest of, of the common good. So I think that's a really excellent place to start for anybody out there. You know, if you feel like you're maybe a little bit out of balance, just, yeah, maybe just give yourself a little bit of a check. Think about, you know, where you're at, what your sort of beliefs are about reality and, 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 and see if you can't balance uh, that out because that's really, that's really what it's all about. You know, spirituality, I say it's like a boring topic and people's least favorite and even for me, because like, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, but, uh, but it really is uh, important. The fundamentals are really what's the most important. You I come back over and over. That's why I stand on the hill of purpose, 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 purpose. Because if you're not coming from a place of balance and a place of purpose, then you're probably doing somebody else's will. So <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm all about clicking into the, to the divine as much as possible and, uh, and really resolving those two hemispheres, the left and the right, uh, and as much as possible. So thank you so much for that. Like, I really appreciate you um, breaking that down a little bit for us. And, and I'd love to get into uh, now uh, astral projection. Talk a little bit about your work, what you're doing on Patreon, and how you're working with people and helping them. Uh, with their astral uh, projections and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so I run afterlife topics of metaphysics. It's actually a mo- It was a predominantly and first, uh, firstly, a, a Facebook group. So the Facebook group's been around since 2015. Has uh, close to about 14,000 members. It's a pretty big group, pretty active, and long history. And uh, I mean, by history, I mean like lots of crazy stuff that's happened throughout the ages in the group you know it's not it's not like a lot of facebook groups because there's so much you know there's, there's so much interesting stuff some people like to just go on the group and look through the archives for years because you know there, there, there was again crazy stuff there's threads from uh you know talking about paranormal stuff that's happening to them like at that moment and and uh, a lot of cool stuff like that and so that's the afterlife topics facebook group and then there's the youtube channel so the youtube channel came a little bit later down the line um but that's actually well i i address many subjects related to people's experiences communicating with 
the other side as well as my own. And so, um, you know, there, there's a lot of people to do astral projection on the web and it does fall into, I mean, I actually, I really enjoy the astral projection communities. I know that sometimes people there, like they have a better sense of what's going on than other types of like new age communities, but also sometimes astral projection communities, like, um, People have to be careful not to fall into paranoia. There's a lot of like paranoia based groups like, oh, no, the archons are out to get us. And, you know, you go out of your body and, you know, you're going to get you're going to get uh, eaten by shadow people and a lot of stuff that's kind of paranoia based. But really, if you can use astral projection appropriately as a tool and you can kind of clear, especially some of that fear based thinking out of your mind, then you can begin, uh, you know, and you, you also, you know, you're developing certain kind of spiritual principles, then it becomes a way to communicate with the other side, which means communicating with, you know, with your grandma, with your grandpa, with your, you know, some, you know, maybe your parents, your siblings, and we all lose our family members. We, everyone, we lose everyone at some point. And so it becomes a very positive, like way of, you know, being able to, you know, connect with people that you love as opposed to astral projecting because you want to become a, uh, a master warlock, which goes back to what we were talking about before. Some people, that's their motivation. But, you know, um, but you, you know it, it's really what it can be as a tool for like after-death communications. And that's sort of been the angle that, you know, focus that I've had for a while. And so when it comes to, okay, yeah, so yeah, we, we do have the, the, the YouTube group, we have the patron for people who become patrons at like the $30 level. It's actually for me, it's that, that's unlimited coaching from me which I think is a pretty good deal. I mean, I spent all day, every day, just talking to patrons usually and, you know, just, you know, helping them because they basically hired me on because I've basically began, began doing astral projection around 2014, but like it just hit me like a tidal wave. And at one point I was probably having out-of-body experiences five or six days a week. Like anytime I lie down, close my eyes, like I was, I was spinning out of my body and stuff was happening. And so this was a period where like, it was just happening so much. I was, account- I was recounting so many experiences, gathering so much information. Uh, a lot of that went into my first book. And uh, I think probably maybe around 2019, 2018, 2019, began to slow down a bit, which I, I wanted because I, I want to be able to lie down and go to sleep and be able to rest and not necessarily spin out of my body. Um, so, but, but back in those days though, like those are kind of the uh, golden days of me just always going out of my body and, and documenting as much stuff as possible. Of course I still do, but it's, it's uh, less frequently, which also is a little bit by, by design, but anyway, so that, that's kind of what I'm doing in a nutshell. That is so cool, man. It's fascinating. I um, almost had an astral projection uh, one time and it scared the shit out of me so bad that I just was like, nope, 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 nope. Because I had heard, you know, um, some other people's sort of stories recounted about it. And there's a specific guy that I uh, was following on YouTube and I love his work, uh, Mind and Magic. He's like a hermetic magician. You never see his face. But, um, you know, he's talking about astral projection and basically, you know, how, how horrifying it, <laughs> it is the first time I would love it. If you would talk about the first time that it happened to you, uh, and was it by accident? Was it intentional? Uh, do you remember kind of what the situation was like and how, how you sort of figured out what was going on or didn't, or what have you? Yeah. A lot like you, I think the 
very first time, I don't think I've ever even mentioned this, probably the very first time I was maybe 12 years old. And that's when see my brother, he's about eight years old, seven years older than me. So we were living together. So my brother was like 19 or 18 or 19. I was maybe 12, but he was really into the out of body stuff. So he had the books by the Monroe Institute, um, all, all that kind of stuff. And he was telling me about his experiences and what to expect. And then that almost like it almost activated something in me. And so I began to feel myself leave my body. And like, the, I felt, I felt this energy sensation and, you know, it was crazy feeling. And I got scared out of my wits. And so that this was like 12 years old and it didn't help. It didn't help that my brother had all these negative experiences happening. And there's a reason for that. It goes back to what we were just talking about with that, with that graph, my, my brother was really um, uh, misaligned. He didn't seem to understand or care about spiritual principles, uh, positive energy, positive vibration, doing good to other people. For him, it was more like, you know, what can I gain out of going out of my body? How do I become the evil warlock or not evil, but, you know, how do I, how do I become Dr. Strange? And uh, so as it turns out, that mindset leads to all kinds of negative experiences. So he was dealing with shadow people with gray aliens that were like zooming in on his location and be like, Oh, here's a good subject we can study and really, really bad stuff. So I was terrified of it. And in 2014 is when I, I guess I got over that fear because I had a full on experience where I like, I think an, I think an external force like pulled me out of my body because I was just like, you know, I, I saw myself in the mirror, just like going up, 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 up out of my body. And I landed into a, um, what we would call an astral realm. And this was a much more like luminous, kind of more beautiful realm. Eventually I would go into kind of this middle level area. But in this instance, I was pulled into like by, by this uh, temple complex. And it was, uh, it was kind of a nature-ish area outside, kind of a, a lot of thistles and bushes and things like that. And I was just like, I was just like, I don't know, just walking through the bushes for a long time until I met someone on that side who was like a, actually a, uh, a Hindu man and his wife. And they said, Hey, Hey bro, you're, you're, you're out of your body right now. Like they, they knew right away what was happening to me. And then they gave me a lot of like advice and guidance about like, you know, you can, you know, this might keep happening to you and this is what you can expect and a lot of details like that. And uh, so that was, that was my first like proper experience. Man, that is fascinating. It's cool that you got a little bit of a tutorial too. That's nice. Uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, as far as the astral um, experiences, how, do, how does that relate to the dream world? Is, are those kind of the same thing? How does that kind of... They, they can be and they can also not be. So the dream world is a self-generated type of reality that we create to explore things or settle things. And... Uh, it, it's, I mean, it, it's the end result, but I mean, it's basically hallucinating, you know? So when you're dreaming, it's like your, your mind is on autopilot. It's just creating all this stuff around you. And you can tell when you're dreaming because there's usually a narrative involved. It's usually something that is uh, symbolic in some way. So, you know, you dream that you're rescuing the cave girl from the T-Rex. Like this is probably not, a astral experience this is a this, this is a little this is night at the movies you know it's in it's in your head 
And for some reason you're generating this. And if you can actually talk to somebody in a dream, you'll, you'll find out soon enough that it's a, it's a fragment of your own consciousness and their abilities to communicate kind of gets, um, can kind of stop at a certain point. They can only say so much to you that, that, that that's basically in your own head. And that if you begin to have an out-of-body experience while you're dreaming, like the dream will just end. It'll just melt away. And it'll get replaced by something else. What can also happen is you can be having a dream, and this is, this is probably half the time, and you're also having some kind of out-of-body experience at the same time. So what you're doing is you're having a real experience overlaid on top of it, is um, a hallucination. And so it's a lot like when you meet someone who is like half asleep, and they're babbling nonsense. So like they're, like they're half in this world and they're half like in their own head. So, you know, you know, you have a friend and he falls asleep watching TV and he starts saying like nonsense. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, did, 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 did you wax the dog yet? You're like, what are you talking? You're like, <laughs> like, what, what, what are you talking about? You realize he's, he's mumbling because he's asleep. Well, that's, dream consciousness is really nonsensical but you can be in dream consciousness while you're having an out-of-body experience and then you'll wake up and you'll be like well i think some of those people were real but i think the person who was like you know who, who, who's lost in the clouds was me and if you can get into an astral state then the dream consciousness goes away and then you can you can find yourself in an actual consensus or objective parallel reality and so that's Kind of how they how they how they fit together man that is so interesting yeah i it was something for me like when that experience happened to me i like for a while i was like i would love to astral project you know like i was a psychonaut in college and like really into interested in you know dmt and lsd and all those types of things when i was younger and uh <clears throat> like timothy leary's work and robert anton wilson um and con- since you say consensus reality I, I can't help but think of those two names uh, but as far as like, you know, consciousness change and those types of things. And I, I was, I guess, maybe just hungry for some crazy experience or, or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, ultimately it scared me so bad <laughs> that I just, I just wouldn't allow myself to, to, I guess, roll out uh, of my body or, or what have you. But, uh, but, you know, if, if nothing like that has ever happened to me ever, ever since then, um, and I don't know if it will or not, but I guess you can also induce your own uh, projections, I would, I would assume. And uh, for anybody out there who either has been on the edge or is considering uh, going out of their body and having an astral uh, experience, uh, what would your sort of, um, you know, basic advice to them be? Well, let's see. Basic advice would be, well, yeah, recount if you've ever had an experience. Think about what those conditions were when you had that experience. Sometimes a, a lot can be dependent on the time of night or time of day. But to, to, for some people, there's a, there's a special like time that it seems to happen. Hmm. Um, I would recommend... Um, well, there's the reason I guess I, you know people do coaching for projections because it can really depend on the individual. Um, so... Some people, for example, if someone, if a, if a client told me that they don't have dreams, then they're going to be in a whole different category than someone who's like, yeah, every time I go to sleep at night, I'm having dreams. So someone who's having a lot of dreams, I'd recommend like a soft alarm technique to, you know, something to wake up your consciousness while you're asleep. That might really help cool. somebody who 
um, is that doesn't have dreams, then I would probably recommend for them to one look at their life at you know their their real life, like their habits and how much stress they're under, and what is it that's blocking them from having any kind of conscious awareness while they're asleep. Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's too much exhaustion. Sometimes it's too much sleep. Uh, I might recommend for them to change up their sleep patterns, uh, or actually uh, even uh, take you know cut in half their sleeping time. So it might be from you know four o'clock. You know they wake up at four o'clock a.m. If you're able to do it, you know depending on your work schedule, obviously, and then uh, go back to sleep a few hours later, which can really mess up someone's schedule. I know, but sometimes those types of things kind of reactivate your ability to come into some level of consciousness while you're sleeping. And because you have to, you have to come into some level of consciousness while your body is deactivated so that you can gain control of, let's say your astral body. And uh, like I said, so there, there, there's these different kind of approaches to take depending on someone's individual situation, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. So I guess uh, sort of related to, to sleeping, or at least there's, there's definitely some overlap there, which is interesting. Um, would you find that folks who can lucid dream maybe have a little bit easier of a time uh, do, having astral experiences? Are those related at all? And yeah, it is related because if you're lucid dreaming, it means that your conscious mind is activated while your body is deactivated. And so that's how typically you can go out of your body. Now, as someone who has a lot of lucid dreams, they might even be having astral experiences. They don't realize it. So I want to, I want to figure out what is the exact content of the lucid dreams? Because if the lucid dream is that they're saving the cave girl from the T-Rex, I can guarantee that this is, you know, their mind is creating a, uh, a, a fun storyline because when you lucid dreaming and I do it all the time, um, you really are. It's like, you're creating some, you're creating like a fictional situation for fun. And I, I've been, I've been in that co-creative process and I'd be like, Ooh, it'll be fun if I put this here and I put this character from this book here. And like, you're doing all that and it doesn't, but it doesn't really have much of an end goal in mind. Like, like it, this is, this is probably going to sound ridiculous, but I actually find lucid dreaming to be boring because you're not interacting with real people, but they're NPCs, you know, like these are NPC characters, right? Now, when you're astral projecting, instead of, instead of like, I'm rescuing the cave girl from the T-Rex, which actually sounds fun. I haven't done that. I'm just <laughs> thinking of an analogy, but when you are projecting, it might be like, yeah, like I had this crazy lucid dream that I was in this house and I keep having it happen again and again, where I'm in like this really nice looking home, but I'm by myself and I don't know what I'm doing there. And I walk around and then I, and then I come back or, you know, and then I, if someone tells me something like that, I'm going to say, this is probably astral projection. That's mm -hmm. probably a location that you're bound to because you keep, you keep coming back there again and again. Uh, especially there's no narrative attached to it. There's no subconscious junk. It's like, I'm in a consistent place again and again, when I lie down to go to sleep, I keep appearing in this place and people will, will write it off. It's like, why do I keep having this reoccurring dream that I'm, I'm in this nice, like Victorian house. Like, why do I keep going back there? But probably this, this is, 
I mean, for crying out loud, it can get very literal. Like it can be because, well, that was your great grandparents' house, and you know, you you never saw it in this life, but that's where you're that's where you're meant to be. You know, someday when you die, and、uh, so you'll keep having experiences going back there again and again until you leave your body for the last time. So that is、um, that's one way of looking at it, dude. That is. I mean, you're blowing my mind right now. I,、uh, I, I'm, I'm loving all of this, and it makes a ton of sense because, you know, based on some of the books I read,、uh, specifically like Vadim Zeland's work, where he's talking about like asking a dream character who they are, and they just like go haywire. They don't know how to、yeah. answer that.、Yeah. It lines up really, really well with that,、uh, and the fact that you know, if we're having an astral experience, you know, we're not in control anymore. Like a lucid dream, absolutely, I've had a few of those, not a whole bunch, but a handful, and it, it, it is fun. But I understand what you mean. Like when you get to a, a sort of advanced level, of course, I'm not there, but you get to an advanced level where you can just control everything. And you're like, yeah, this is kind of boring. You know, I know exactly what's going to happen. I can do this or that or the other thing. I can make this person disappear or turn into a bat or whatever the hell you want to do, which is cool, right? But like at the same time, I guess we're not really interacting with、um, entities or 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 spirits or or whatever these、uh, things would be called or, or other energies that are in. You know the astral plane that they, I guess, have their own will and have their own、um, goals and, and and ideas of what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah, just like here, right? And so it's like this weird, you know, overlap with that, and that's interesting.、Um, very, very interesting. And so, would you mind like kind of talking about like what what do you think the utility of of astral projection is like? What what are some of the things that can really help us、uh, to do or learn、uh, while we're here in in our body? Well, really, it's about like connecting to multi dimensionality. So multi dimensionality. So you know, we live in a multiverse, and beings that inhabit the multiverse represent most of most being. We do as well, but we're disconnected from it. So if you meet people on the other side, like they inhabit the multiverse. And they know it; they're conscious of it. That, that that's their day to day life. They can teleport. They can appear in different planes of existence. They can do all these things that we cannot do. And they they look at our existence. This would be like this is a mode of existence where we're like chained into a type of body where we can't get out of it, and our minds are just tethered into the. You know, it's locked into this thing. And so, for another being in the multiverse, especially if they've never had. An existence like this one, like to them, it's it's a pretty horrifying thing. It's like there's these people that are like prisoners in their bodies. Like how weird is that? Like like to them, that's like some dark, twisted, paranormal stuff right there. That that you know because they'll they'll hear rumors about it. Like yeah, my my buddy Fred, you know, had this had this weird existence where he was like tied into this one body and he couldn't he couldn't go anywhere else. So what astral projection does is it. That that's our way out of that, right?、Mm-hmm. So that's our way to begin to reconnect to how we typically operate in the normal in the normal and in, in the the normal universe. That that's not this twisted experience we're in right now. So、um, not, not many people do it. So when people from the Earth plane of existence begin leaving their bodies and reconnecting to the multiverse, like people will be like, "Wow, I can't believe you know here's some here's a traveler here's somebody here's somebody you know." Who woke up from down on on the Earth plane? Wow, how crazy is that? So obviously, I think if lots of people were doing it, that would mean that maybe the planet was finally getting its 
act together after so many thousands of years. Right. So, so I mean, I know that's utility, but it's just like, that's just, it just means like being able to reconnect to uh, the multiverse again, which I most people don't do. And a lot of people leave their bodies and they're on that side, but they come back here, they have no memory of it. You know, right. so a lot of people are over there and having experiences. And even when you're there, you can have experiences with people who are alive and well here, but they'll have no memory of it. Now, there are tandem experiences. If you just so happen to bump into somebody else who is an astral projector, and then you might be able to talk to them here and be like, oh, I remember I saw you, you know, at the, you know, the astral library or whatever last night. And then, and then there can be those verified experiences, which hasn't happened to me because I actually just don't, I don't, I mean, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I've tried to, I've tried to get that happen to me before, but it's like, it's not common enough that I meet people from here when I'm projecting. Maybe if I live in some commune or something, I knew lots of other people around me, but I've, I've interviewed people like on my channel. One guy comes to my mind was uh, Ken show. I think I'm going to have him back on the show. It's an out of body teacher from Mexico, but he talks about like numerous people that he's met on that side who he knew here they could recount the experiences together so that can happen wow i mean dude that, that is that makes uh, that makes so much sense i mean i guess you know we're, we're experiencing this this life but there's so much more to us as as beings as who we are you know this is like an incarnation uh an experience that we're having and we we are spirits having a human experience so uh you know it's not that we um I, th I think we disconnect a lot from that. And there's, you know, back to the sort of balance thing, there's people who want to ascend, right? Like they just want to, I just want to ascend and get out of my skin cage. Yeah. You know? I mean, look at that, that. That's what I call, actually, I got, I'll credit uh, my, my buddy, Travis from the group. It's what we call mixed spirituality. Like you serving up hamburgers. It's like serving up enlightenment. Like, like some people think all you have to do is die. And then you become an enlightened, you know, 11th dimensional being. And that might happen if that's who you were before you came here. Mm. But most of the time, that's not going to happen. And we're also not going to have, there's not going to be some David Wilcockian event where we all shoot through the roof and ascend when the solar flash happens. You know, it's like, unfortunately, because it doesn't, everything's, everything is an individual path of growth. And it's just like a lot of, a lot of the ascension stuff is this hope porn, which is how channels get really, really popular because people want that. So if you want to be like, if I want to get a million subs on my channel, I just have to, all I have to do is begin lying to my audience. There you and go. Tell, and telling them, simple as that. I have to lie to them and say that all your problems will be solved if you follow this path. So um, you just have to wait for the Ascension event to happen or, you know, whatever it may be, but it's, um, you know, we all, we all have to ascend when we die. So a mass ascension event actually means everyone dies. We don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't actually want that, but what we ascend to is like the next level up and that next level up may be shockingly similar in some ways to where we just were. Cause if we're just going one level up because people, uh, you know, people think automatically of the other side, which by the way, it can be, you know, the higher astral level. There's a lot of books, Swedenborg books and Borgia books and books, you know, a lot of literature about and experiences or Jürgen Ziva's experiences. He's one of the great out-of-body explorers. They're those beautiful, luminous worlds beyond comprehension, near-death experiences talk about these. 
but the neck, the exact next level up might be eating Doritos on your astral couch. And pe- people don't expect that because they think they're going to be, you know, soaring through the cosmos immediately, but that might, that's not always the case. Man, that is <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's so true, man. I, and I, I see that a lot. You know, there's a lot of like solipsism. There's a lot of like, you know, people talking about how to, you know, find your specific person and, you know, get this person into your life and make them text you and stuff. And those are the people who are blowing up on uh, on YouTube by absolutely lying to their audience. I, I, I 100% <laughs> see that and, and, and couldn't agree more. Well, I'll tell you this, to go back to what we were, the, the original point we made, uh, sometimes, which is useful, my mind sometimes operates in that let's go back here and do circles. So, you know, going back to where we were about the left-hand path and right-hand path, making someone text you is left-hand path magic. It's uh, interfering with somebody's free will uh, and imposing your own psychic will upon them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's actually a really bad thing to do. And some people know how to do those types of things. You have to, you have to stay very spiritually vigilant, but fortunately, I think the average, the, the average, like, 16 year old boy who watches those videos probably doesn't have enough power that they will actually make you text them. But I do say shame on a lot of these channels that for teaching that kind of stuff to get all the subscribers, but this is YouTube. It's how it works, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I've, I've learned not to fight against that, you know, because all that's going to do is put me in the crosshairs and I don't need any more enemies. You know what I mean? Um, and I think most of the, most of the folks, like you said, are uh, probably pretty, pretty powerless as far as that goes, but I don't, I don't doubt the validity that it's possible. I just think that it's a little bit, uh, yeah, it's messing with people's free will, which is karmically, uh, probably not the best call, but you do you boo, you know, like, uh, it's, uh, it's really not, it's, it's not about, uh, what I think other people should do or, or, or what anybody else thinks, uh, they have the, uh, they have the, the, the means and the capabilities and, and people are going to do that. Um, you know, I think we kind of have that, have that choice, um, but talking a little bit, you know, staying on the, staying on the topic, um, I have had a sleep paralysis, uh, a bunch my whole life and I'll wake up and like, just be completely mortified. I can't move or scream. Uh, and I actually, I, I read, uh, one of Anthony Peake's book and I also read your analysis of his, uh, oh boy. Oh geez. We just took a left turn path. Okay, go keep going. Well, uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here or anything like that. But one of the books that I read was called, uh, the hidden, it was hidden. Um, it was a later book than the one that you critiqued. Uh, and he talked about, uh, sleep paralysis in that book and how shamans and people a long, long time ago would like go into caves and try and induce sleep paralysis, uh, to basically create, uh, and uh, the ability to have an out-of-body experience or to astrally project. So I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to bring anybody else into this. I'm just uh, say, saying that in that book that I read, I, The Hidden Universe, I think is what it was called. He talked about that. And I always thought, thought that was interesting because I'd never really heard a positive slant on sleep paralysis. You know, I know the old hag, you know, uh, and one time I thought my dad was choking me. I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, uh, I understand dad. <laughs> see why you're upset and disappointed in me. But, um, but how does sleep paralysis, uh, relate, uh, to astral projection or, or, or does it? Oh yeah. Um, it actually, it is like, I've never had a negative sleep paralysis experience. If I have sleep paralysis, that means I'm, this is great. That means I'm about to leave my body. 
Okay. And then, if, so if I'm in sleep paralysis, it means I'm going to have like there's two kinds of out of body experiences. There's astral projection where you appear in another world, and there's the out of body experience where you leave your you leave your body while you're lying on your bed, and now you're in your bedroom floating around, and you and you're like Patrick Swayze and ghost. Okay, so now that's the other kind, and you know that from from there you can often end up on the astral spectrum too, so so they can move into each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so if you're having sleep paralysis as a kickoff point to go out of your body in your bedroom and some people have negative experiences because this is called we could call this the netherworld when you're in between when you're in this world, but you're, you know, you're your astral usually some like my astral form will be just like all the cliche it'll be like translucent like I'll be ghost like because there's an incompatibility in the vibration that's what causes a ghost to look like a ghost. And that's what causes your astral body to be like kind of inconsistent looking or see-through. Um, so you can be in that state and, you know, you can like walk through walls and you can go around and in the best case scenario, spy on people, bring information back. And I have done those things, you know, in the experimental processes. And if you, uh, you can carry that into the, 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 the astral state, you go from, you know, you're kind of translucent, you're going through walls and suddenly you're as solid again as you are here because suddenly the, the vibration is, it's compatible. You know, you're not, you're not in this incompatible version. You know, you're, you're back on the proper, you're back in a, in a compatible operating system again. So now, now your astral body is as solid as anything. But when you back down here, you know, everything's kind of messed up a little bit. Uh, you're kind of floating. Sometimes it's difficult to even get your feet on the ground. So you're just kind of floating or hovering. Sometimes you have no, no astral body at all. You're just consciousness and you're just moving around. So a lot of misconceptions also come out of that state because people then assume that, you know, this is what the other side is like. We're all these, we're all these like disconnected souls floating around. And, uh, you, and then we're desperate to come back into this world again because it kind of sucks when you're in that state and that that's all you get to experience. This is where all those mythologies come from. Buddhists talk about hungry ghosts because you just rationally think about it when you're in a state like that. You're like, well, I can't do anything here and this kind of sucks and I can't people people can't hear me and I'm just floating through things and like, wow, the afterlife sucks. And, and uh, it, it creates a lot of fear. But if you have a proper astral projection experience, then it's like, well, it doesn't suck anymore. It's back, it's back to reality. But if, as long as you understand these differences and you can kick off from the paralysis state into an out-of-body state, uh, then it can, you know, then it's great, you know, because that out of body state in your bedroom, you can, I, I, you can sometimes have a lot of control over that. And it can be really something you can like scientifically analyze, you know, you can be like hovering over your body or your bed and you can, you, know, you can be in that state like an hour and you can be, you know, you can, you know, just, just completely verify what's, what's, you know, that this is a real thing that's really happening to me. So to me, if I'm in sleep paralysis, that's great. And I've never had an issue getting out of sleep paralysis, but people do have these negative experiences in that state. And a lot of that is also because of unchecked fear, or you get scared because you're in that state and it causes bad experiences to happen. So people have to be mindful about that. But uh, if there's any way to mitigate the fear, I mean, that's pretty much what you have to learn how to do, because if you, the more scared you get, it creates like a, 
it creates a cycle or it creates a chain reaction. You get bad, you get scared. And then this being scared actually draws a negative entity to you or you hallucinate one. And that makes you more scared because you see like a shadowy figure in your room yeah. or something. And then, and then that, that, now you're terrified and that terror is just like blood in the water and all these other possible <laughs> negative entities, you know, they can smell it. And then suddenly it's just like, then you're even more terrified. And I really feel bad for people getting caught in those cycles. And it also, it, it, it leads into the paranoia. So again, if you go in, you sort of list a, a podcast at the beginning of the show, places that you're going to, you know, go and uh, get interviewed or talk to or people, things you listen to guaranteed that some of these are esoteric podcasts. They're going to have nothing but a negative slant to all of this because someone's had that experience happen to them. They're like, the other side is evil and there's all these demons. They're all out to get you. And this experience is a trap and your deceased loved ones you meet are illusions and everything's bad and everything's wrong. This is a complete imbalance because it's actually the opposite of all of that. But someone who's caught in those like fear spirals then that becomes their perception and then it happens to other people so everyone confirms that with each other and then you have a lot of misconceptions and a lot of problems in this area and that's something that i have to push back against all the time because even very popular people who are in this field also what sells in addition to lying to people is making people scared so yeah unfortunately yeah, we're in a, you know that that's what i have to deal with a lot but there's a lot of great very uh, the most popular books do not buy into that narrative though thankfully but william bowman's books don't jürgen ziva's books don't um well i won't go into tom campbell but he doesn't count um let's see um other out-of-body explorers and there, there, there's Robert a bunch Monroe. That, yeah monroe was the original he doesn't you know that that, that you know right. that's a lot of and i don't agree with everything the monroe institute like their way of looking at the universe but the essence is all you know the proper education about it. But anyway, I'll, 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 take it, I'll take it back to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the Robert Monroe uh, tapes, the Gateway Voyage specifically, is something that helped me actually within that sleep paralysis state where I was, I was able to build an energy cocoon. So I was in that fear state that normally, you know, in the, in the past, historically would begin a downward spiral of fear. Um, and just as a caveat, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, not necessarily aligning myself with fear porn, but I do have a big heart for people who are find themselves in that type of state. And I want to bring them out. I want to, I want to, yeah. I want them to acknowledge their purpose. I want them to, you know, start focusing on what they can do and what they can accomplish and what we're here for in this crazy weird time that we, uh, we live in. And so I just have a, I really want to help people ultimately. And, uh, and I know what it's like to feel helpless and powerless and like a victim. So I'm really trying to kind of coach people out of that. Um, but, um, <clears throat> But yeah, uh, to, you know, the, the energy cocoon thing was something that was really, really, really helpful for me, uh, as far as just not freaking out, uh, but beyond not freaking out, uh, what would you recommend as far as if I find myself or someone finds himself in a state like that, should they try to roll out like it, it, to induce or to, to go into an astral projection? Do you like roll over? Do you try to like, <laughs> do you like fart out of your body like what do you do you know well i mean some people do the rope technique where they imagine that they're pulling on a rope to pull out okay for me i've never had to do those because i just i have motor control of my astral body and then when i have that i just sit up and leave sometimes my gets stuck at my head like there's like, almost like there's an energy thing that like is connecting 
like the head. In other words, I could like move my legs up and down, arms up and down, but I'm having a really difficult time getting my head out of my, my getting my second head out of my first head. And, and so, but once I do that, I'll either immediately, like I'll kind of pull out of my body finally, then I'll just, I'll just land into the astral spectrum or I'll be in my bedroom still. I'll be in that in-between, the, the in-between zone, the, the, the netherworld, Hades, whatever you want to call it. And then, um, yeah, but either way works. Um, the issue is just if, if you're full of a lot of fear, then it, uh, it's more difficult. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, like, you know, a lot of the people in the community are people who have lost loved ones. Uh, we have a lot of people who have, like, lost their children. And when they start having out-of-body experiences, there's no fear because they're on a mission to find their loved one again. And when you're on a mission to find your loved one, you know, it just, who you see a shadow person, like who gives a crap? Yeah. Like, I don't care. You have some negative entities in my room. Who cares? I'm looking, right. you know, either you, either you can show me where my, where my daughter is or you can get lost. Like that's the attitude of a lot, especially moms who are like in the community. So they have experiences right away sometimes, not all of them. I mean, there can be also be hangups. And sometimes, unfortunately, um, you know, you, you're expecting to meet like your deceased loved one, but like they're somewhere else in the multiverse or they're some kind of dysfunctional relationship. Like they don't want to meet you or something like that. So you know, that's not always surefire bet. But, then, but, but for many of them though, it does work and they do, end up, you know, reuniting and having experiences with, with their loved one. But the point is, is that like, they're on a mission. So they're, they're not stuck in the same fear based issues. Like, like other people might have, because they're trying to use it as a tool to connect with someone. And they're not, they're not going out of body like my brother, because they want to, they want to become a warlock. You know, they're going out of body because they love somebody. And that, that, that's a big difference. I feel like that's, yeah, that's the ultimate sort of power there. And, um, yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> actually have, you know, uh, we all have loved ones. And one of the coolest videos actually that I saw on your channel was an interview with uh, a skeptic who had connected with his wife who had passed away and written a book about it. And I, man, I watched that whole thing just like with my jaw on the floor because he had such a compelling story. And, uh, and it was really fascinating how, he was was communicating with his wife on the other side. Super duper fascinating. Um, I, 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 how did that guy find you? Oh, Dr. Len Lascolia. Yeah, he was actually from the Facebook group Afterlife Topics. And he had just, you know, he was trying to figure out where, where he could show off his book that he wrote. And, um, you know, and I saw his post in the, in the queue. And I'm, so I just reached, I had a feeling to reach out to him. And you know, my intuition guides me a lot. And um, so I, you know, that, that feeling paid off because he's uh, doing really important work, really important author and uh, self-published authors don't always have a million, you know, people following them. So you don't always know who they are, but right. they do develop their own, um, you know, circle of, of people and then it grows and grows. And I think, you know, he, he's, you know, his stuff is growing and growing because it's really good. Yeah, it was really good. I, I was really impressed with that, uh, with, with, with his take and his interview uh, and the stories that he told. Like I said, it was very compelling. And I think he's like writing another book. Um, I was uh, about to write a book and then I realized that it might not be 
the best move. So I started uh, instead to do uh, more of an interactive sort of digital sort of uh, program for now. And doesn't mean I won't write a book. I have a draft that's terrible, <laughs> but, but it, you know, I may, I may uh, complete that here before too long, but, um, but I really, really did enjoy uh, hearing what he had to say. And I imagine that there's a lot of people who have had similar experiences and have uh, tried to reconnect with someone on the other side. He had said that, you know, they had had, you know, many lives together uh, and that his name, his name was, they had, I, I don't, how did they, I can't remember exactly how they had decided, like decided what names to call each other. Cause they had had different ones in different lifetimes and things like that. But it was really, I don't know, man, it was really, really touching. Enjoy yeah, it was. That. That's very, very interesting. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's um, love, love and seems to be like it, it is it is it is the most powerful force anything that's any in, any energy that's polarized to the opposite is going to run for the hills uh if we can kind of cultivate a, a state like that <laughs> or at least it would appear um and so like as we're kind of growing in consciousness and becoming you know more aware uh, of these other worlds uh beyond the the physical reality that we experience um, how, 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 do, how does that like relate as far as growth? Uh, are you a fan of the book, the, the law of one? Do you find that to be a helpful model? It is not everyone can get into that book. Um, the book, I think I'll go to the specifics about, um, how the multidimensional reality operates and, you know, service to self and, you know, service, service, service to others. And yeah, I mean, it's a very popular book because, you know, it's, it's come out of like, the, um, you know, David Wilcock and, um, you know, some of those guys with very, very big audiences. And so the book was kind of plucked out of obscurity and is now very, very common reading, which I'm actually glad because the book really, when you, when, if you analyze the book carefully, it does some of the work for me because it's um, actually dispelling a lot of like new age myths and, and, and crap. If you, if, if you look into the book closely, it talks about like, you know, the different levels of existence, third density, fourth density a rough idea of you know because basically the astral plane is fourth density so that would be somebody possibly even not you know as a spectrum so it's from third density between third density and fourth density might even be the astral level and what we kind of see is like the upper higher astral levels might be fourth density but the book um kind of um, for one thing, it, it, it's about the nature of how, what we could call evil behavior, how it can evolve. And there, there is like a very twisted path that is this path of service to self, which a small percentage of the population that's really, really bad are on. And it's like, you know, if we're all coming back to like a, a, a singular consciousness or like source consciousness of God, you know, what is, what happens when some entities decide to branch off and become their own gods and then dominate everybody else, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, so it does show kind of what's, you know, kind of lays out what's happening in existence. And so when you say there's a lot of new age moral relativism, mm -hmm. so there's books that say, oh, you know, this or that psychopath, or they're just playing roles because um, as soon as you die, you become an angel. And so like Jeffrey Dahmer had a life soul contract with his victims. 
and they're all like having a good time together on the other side because because negative emotions don't exist and negativity doesn't exist it's a, it's, it's a man-made construct and that as soon as you die everything is perfect um so there's a lot of books that say those types of things and that 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 particular teaching is actually in my mind malevolent and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a malevolent entity behind the minds of people who are saying that or something that's being channeled. And so people be very careful of that because that is, that is the, that is the path of being, well, you know, you can raise hell and, and destroy everyone around you and do whatever you want because there's no such thing as personal consequence. And so books like the, the law of one, you know, help to reinforce against some of that really ridiculous new agey stuff that's out there. Yeah. I, uh, it helped me a lot because it gave, it gave a nice, um, sort of bird's eye view, uh, understanding that, you know, this moment and this even lifetime might only just be, you know, uh, an eyelash in, 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 as compared to the entire thing that's going on. And as we are developing, you know, raising up our consciousness levels as, as, as individuals, as well as, as a community, right. As above, so below. So I'm hopeful that the thing you mentioned earlier with pe- a bunch of people getting out of their bodies, maybe we're, you know, inching closer to, uh, to a little bit uh, higher levels of consciousness as a, as a society, as human beings. Um, I would love to n- know a little bit about, what are your thoughts about channeling? It's so hot right now. There's so many channelers out there. That's another way I could probably get a bunch of subscribers, right? It's to shave my beard and put on like a Jimmy Buffett shirt, and uh, oh. <laughs> and 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 then you know like uh, do some do some. Is, 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 is that is that is that what Daryl Anka guy looks like? Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. ever. I don't really see what he looks like. Okay. So yeah. does he have a Jimmy? Does he wear a Jimmy Buffett shirt? He does okay. wear like a Hawaiian shirt, and uh, yeah, and I, I believe it's like Paul Anka's cousin or something like that, which is kind of funny, right? Like he's already like a part of. I don't know. I hear that if you mention that guy's name, then you can uh, easily get in trouble on, uh, you know, and get your stuff striked down. So I, I don't want to call anybody out again. Um, I'm not saying whether or not um, people are uh, accurate or not accurate. Uh, no dog in the fight yet again because I don't know anything really personally about channeling. Some of the books that I like are claimed to be channeled. I don't fucking care if it's channeled or not. If the information's good, that's all that matters to me. I don't even care whose mouth it's from, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, look, the, the law of one is channeled. Um, let me think, what else? So here's what I have to, here's how I feel about that. Now, Bashar might be real, but the thing is, is that, look, um, and, and there's things as quotes by uh, Bashar that I'm like, wow, it's spot on. And then there's stuff, there, there's info out of that source. That I'm like, this has nothing to do with my reality or anything I've learned from any, any of my sources. So the question is, is like, to what extent is it actually channeled versus how much is it their own mind filling in the spaces mm-hmm. with imagination, for example? Good. So to know if, if, this, if the information is uh, credible, what, one element concerns mediumship. So people who do channeling or who, or who um, listen to channeled work often don't, are not even aware of like the higher end of mediumship. And that channeling is ultimately what it should be. Is it, it's a division of mediumship, but one needs to be cautious if someone believes that they're channeling 
yet they have no mediumistic ability. And so, um, I mean, uh, one example that comes to mind is Silver Birch. So, so Silver Birch books uh, is a communicator through a medium named Maurice Barbonell. So you could say it's a channeled book, the same as like the Bashar stuff, right? You could say that, argue that, but this is a guy who was a powerful medium where he could, you know, tell people stuff that no one else could possibly know where he was. He had a direct line of communication through like Claire audience, like communication with, with that side that could be demonstrated and repeated, uh, you know, by people investigating him. Right. So, so it could be confirmed because, you know, again, a really powerful medium will, 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 um, you know, blow the lid off the whole subject because they, they, they can verify, they could say, oh, hey, you know, hey, Bootsy, did you know that your grandmother buried a, 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 a little mahogany chest under the maple tree because she's trying to get the message across a, a real medium? You know, yeah. a lot of mediums are fake, but if you, if one, somebody encounters a real medium, then um, that can happen. So when you have a, someone who really does have a connection to that side, and then let's say they write a book and, and then they say, you know, this is the words that are coming through via whoever it might be, then I'm going to pay a lot more attention to that. And so that was the case, for example, with Silver Birch and Maurice Barbonell because that was as I described it. Let, let, let's say a different, even Law of One. Like I really liked the content in the book, but, um, but it wasn't, there wasn't that level of like verified evidence to, 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 to back it up mm-hmm. unless they were mediums. I don't know. So I'm going to pay them. I'm, I'm typically going to pay more attention to books coming from that, you know, coming in from that side or, you know, quote channeled if the channel the, if the source of it seems to have a solid reputation of really having a line of communication with someone. So it doesn't mean some of these other books are fake because I, I think a lot of them still are, there is still a real connection. Uh, sometimes someone, especially if someone goes like into trance and then they're, di- and they're just like someone else is dictating the words, the person wakes up and they don't even remember what they were saying. That's a pretty good indication. There's a real phenomenon happening, mm. but also, there can be people who decide I'm going to be a channeler because they saw how successful Abraham Hicks is. Right. And so they're like, well, I'm going to do that. And I want to make, a, I want to make a hundred million dollars. <laughs> and so, and so, I mean, in those circumstances, it's like, I might listen to what you have to say, but I better see some evidence that you actually have an ability because in a lot of those situations, I see things going, you know, taking a sharp turn into one of those imbalances because they're actually the information is just coming out of their imagination and they're saying what sounds right, what feels right. So when you ask one of these people, like, tell me details about the other side. And it's like, Oh, we're all orbs of, we're all fairy lights floating around in a, you know, in a, in a, in a beautiful environment in the light. And then, and then we get our life review. We decide to come back to earth. You know what it is? It's, it's a bunch of like stuff that they're saying because it matches pop culture. But that's not actually, you know, a communication because you can't just say everyone who dies becomes a little fairy orb, you know, floating around a sea of love, an ocean of love. Right. And then they and then and then they come back to this miserable planet. 
you know, like, like that, this is basically just like, I mean, that that's how these mythologies and this bad information comes along. Like the afterlife is a, you know, a million times more varied and um, diverse than that. And so when I hear a source of info that is telling it more the way it is, then I'm going to listen to it more as well, because I think it's an accurate source of information and the law of one could be considered that way too. Man, that is spot on. Good stuff. Like really, really, really sound and and, and solid. I, I I appreciate your perspective. Like I and it makes a lot of sense um, as as far as that goes. I have I have one more question actually from uh, someone in the in the chat. They're asking. Um, you seem you seem to have mastered this area of spirituality, or or at least have a fair bit of experience with it. Um, and. Uh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, beyond that, um, is there any other topics that have kind of struck your fancy? Anything that you're interested in or curious about now uh, that's kind of uh, kind of get, grabbed your attention? Well, yeah, I mean, you actually, we mentioned it before because I just put up the video about dowsing. And so that's insane because I've been communicating to a spirit guide through copper dowsing rods this week. And who was able to verify it because first she sent me uh, because the spirit guide identified as being Turkish, this girl who died in the 1920s in Turkey. And then I using an alphabet, I'm like, I don't know anything in Turkish. And then so she sent me, you know, perfectly spelled, perfect spelling, the name of a Turkish cologne. And then I was asking about like, what, you know, should I, because I, I, I'm recovered by my body's and it's still a mess because I had COVID a year ago and I have this long haul syndrome and, you know, I, I deal with fatigue and a lot of issues all the time. And so I'm like, what should I eat and, or take to get healthier? And she sent me like this obscure Indian dish. That's like this fermented food. And, and so like, I so saw, I'm like using the, I'm using these, uh, I'm using these dowsing rods and I'm getting like specific specific info like that like words that i don't know communicating with an entity who gave gave me her name and says she's my spirit guide so it's like verifiable paranormal communication happening you know with with these things because like i can even use it right now it's like this side is yes this side is no and um uh, like like lorena are you with me right now and look at that it's just moving it's just holy shit hauling butt to my shoulder and I'm not, I'm not even moving it. And, and if I could ask something else, it's like, uh, it's like, um, Lorena is, is, is my name Bob. And look, it's hauling, butt. <laughs> it's hauling, butt to know. And I'm not even, I'm not even touching it. So it's like an open, it's an open chat box with the other side. And I'm just discovering that for the first time. It's like, uh, Lorena, are you enjoying this podcast? She really likes it. Good. Ah, that makes me and, feel good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lorena and, uh, Am I a pain in the ass to work for as a spirit guide? Nope. She doesn't think <laughs> That's so. Nice. You know, and, and at one hand, you just look at that and you think, oh, you know, it's just, um, it must be your subconscious just moving it around. I would normally agree, but then it's like, Lorena, give me the name of a, uh, of a, of a Turkish cuisine. And then it's moving around to the letters. And then I spell, I type it out and I Google it. And that's exactly what, what I requested. Now, at that point, it's like, okay, forget about it. It's the, really, it's the real thing. Fascinating. Yeah, I used one of these for dowsing, a uh, pendulum. And uh, 
generally speaking, it works really well. Sometimes I'm like even afraid to ask because I already know the answer. And I'm like, I don't, don't tell me the answer. Well, uh, did, did, did you identify who you're communicating with? No, I have not done that. I just ask this. Mm -mm. I say, you don't want to do that because you don't want to have, you don't want an open line of communication with something you don't know what it is. Okay. So you got to do a 20 question kind of thing and be like, are you a collective consciousness or an individual consciousness? Like begin with that and, um, and then uh, work your way down until you can narrow down what it is you're communicating with. You don't want an open channel where anything can just come in. Okay. Uh, because that can actually be a little bit dangerous, but definitely, um, you know, like in, th in this case, this thing was just always getting anything right about like, you know, things like, again, is my name, Bob, is my name, Cyrus, like just, just, just basic info. I'm like, what is going on? And so I narrowed it down and I found out that, you know, there was a, there's a girl who died in the twenties who lives on the other side and, and was brought in to be my, like a sign. She was like a social worker. She was assigned to me uh, to work as a, as my spirit guide, like 10 or 15 years ago. And like, and uh, she has a, so she has a telepathic link to me. And so that's the thing I'm communicating with. Yeah. But since I established that very early on, you know, I don't have to worry, like, what is the, what is the thing on the other side of this? with someone else like with, with the pendulum it might be a collective consciousness like I, you could ask me because again you know because i can just i can just ask ask her right now it's like lorena are you are you a group consciousness and no see it's going it, it keeps hitting my my wire that's why it doesn't go all the way back wow, and so, but it, it was moving this way and be like lorena are you an individual consciousness it's going to move this way like i'm not going to move anything with my hands even the slightest way to manipulate it but watch it go this way. Lorena, are you an individual consciousness? That one. Yeah, look, they're, now they're both going. See? Wow. That's so, crazy. you know, you can establish that. Then you can have a solid communication going on, I think. That is really cool. Well, I personally have a spirit guy. I don't really publicly talk about that. But, uh, you know, perhaps I should ask them directly. Is that what you would recommend? Yeah, probably the... In a positive situation, it seems like what's happening with the dowsing rods or the pendulums is it is the spirit guide because the spirit guide has like plugged their mind into yours. Mm -hmm. And so they know automatically when you're um, accessing them. And so according allegedly through, through, through this channel of communication, what I was learning was that like she's doing her own thing or she's like going to work on the higher astral plane. And uh, she's just automatically at the same time, like synced up to me. So it's not like she's in the room with me, but she's right. No, absolutely. She's just synced up. And so uh, it's the spirit guide's job to be synced up to their subject. And uh, so that's so odds are if you or someone is using a pendulum or something getting answers, you have a spirit guide that's synced up to you. Some people get in trouble doing, you know, dowsing rods, pendulums, Ouija boards. Um, you know, someone. So especially someone who's like, Ooh, I want to contact a ghost. Okay. Well, ask and you shall receive. And if you want to contact an earthbound spirit that you want to start, you want you to bring a random, possibly disturbed soul into your life, who is going to begin harassing you in your dreams and causing all kinds of issues. You know, if you, if, if you go from the spooky paranormal angle, like you're going to get that and it's not going to be fun. Right. So, you know, it, that it, it, it's always, it's important for people to see that distinction.
Caution, caution. Yeah, that's uh, the seventh principle from outwitting the devil. Caution, um, and uh, and I, I I I think that's one that we often overlook, and especially these days, right now, things are just moving so quickly. There's a couple more questions in the chat, and if anybody would like to come in and and physically ask, um, you, uh, that's to- that's fine with me if it's okay with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if uh, let's see if I can. Um, share the link. I'll share the link in the chat. And some people are uh, a little bit uh, shy and that's fine too. You're welcome to ask questions in the chat. You don't have to pop in, but if you want to, uh, there's the link. Um, I'm not sure I understand your question, uh, Dylan. He's saying, how is there any way to tell if a person can't remember what they said under a trance? Um, Do you mean like, like, uh, I'm not really sure if you could just clarify either in the chat or hop on with us. Um, totally cool. And, uh, Julie asks, how is the spirit guide always available? She says she just bought some rods the other day. Yeah, that's pretty mysterious. I haven't figured it out. So I ask, you know, I ask, um, Lorena, well, let's ask her. <laughs> Be like, um, Lorena, are you always available because of, um, um, clairvoyance? Okay. That's a big yes. I say, Lorena, are you able to, um, is your perception of time different than ours? And do you know that I'm going to pick up these rods before I do them? Wow. It's a maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's very distinctive. So what she's trying to say is that she gets a sense, like an intuitive sense, but it doesn't mean it's like, it's not as extreme as I was saying, because again, right here is maybe. Okay. Um, so it was kind of, she was just basically saying, yeah, more or less. So, um, Lorena, are you basically always like synchronized to my thoughts? That's a big yes. Wow. Yeah, and Lorena, are you synchronized to anyone else's thoughts or am I your only, uh, yes or no. are you, are you synchronized to anyone else's thoughts? No. Wow. We established this before because she's only, you know, she, she was given me as her subject from like her authorities that she works for. And uh, you can only have like one person at a time. Gotcha. Well, cool. So it looks like Julie's popping in. I'm going to let her in. And thank you so much for taking some questions, Cyrus. This is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, I mean, um, I just be doing this anyway on the group or on YouTube or something. <laughs> well, so, man, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So thank you so much. <clears throat> so it looks like she's connecting to audio. Uh, in the meantime, um, uh, do you have any tips for, for like how to treat uh, your spirit? Guys? What, what to do? Uh, oh, we have, we, we, we have Julie in us. We have Julie with us. Yes. Hi, Julie. Oh, shoot. Sorry. I'm not on mute. Am I? <laughs> no, you're not. You're fine. Go ahead. I, I'll remember that question. Oh, I, I just want, I just, <laughs> I didn't have another question. I just wanted to join the zoom. <laughs> Why not? I have tons of questions. I just, um, this is just for the moment for me to be on. Well, thank you for uh, having the courage uh, to pop in here. It's nice to meet you. The thing with the dowsing rods is a brand new information for me. I had never heard, I mean, I know about Ouija boards, but I've never heard about dowsing rods or, well, I kind of heard about pendulums before. So this is all new information. And Sweet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, based on uh, Cyrus's experience, I went out and bought some. I ha- I'm supposed to get them tonight. They'll, I'm supposed to they'll be shipped tonight. So we'll see. Yeah, Julie. Um, Julie, I, well, what, what, what's your, I, I, well, don't, t- yes. don't tell me if it's 
uh, it's private, but have, have we, are you the Julie that I, I, I've been speaking to? Yes. Yes. It's okay. okay. Then yeah. I know. Yeah. I know who you are. Okay. Yeah. And let me know about the rods. If, 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 if you have a similar and make sure you like pray first and kind of get in the good state of mind, request, <laughs> request your spirit guide and then see what happens. Okay. See, that kind of freaks me out a little bit. I don't want to, I do not want to go into any lower vibrational situations. Not so, you won't if you're not lower vibrational, you won't. And if you're not picking, if you're not doing the ghost hunter thing, it's like I don't, even, I don't even want to do it to like demonstrate because it's you know because it's too you know risky to me. But well, I will anyway. It's like, ooh, is there any ghosts out there who want to talk to me? It's like, like here's a, here, here's a Lorena. Are you a disembodied ghost out to get me? Let's find out. It, it, it hit the it hit the. The, the yeah, it's in the my, cable. Yeah, yeah, that, that's why it keeps getting interrupted. But yeah, it was like hauling butt. You know. Yeah, well, I I have been told that you can ask even when you're projecting. I have I have done a, a couple uh, travels, astral travels. Um, I'm just an amateur, and um, that I've been told that you can say before you travel and before you ask these questions. You know, I. I want only, you know, higher vibrational entities who have my best interests at heart to interact with me. And that even when you're out, you can say, are you, do you have my highest interest before you want to engage and get into a conversation with anyone? This is what I was told or read before. Yeah. You can say, are do you have my best interests at heart? Are you a higher vibrational? And they'll, they'll tell you the truth. That yeah. You know, and um, you, yeah, you, basically you want to do that. And I mean, right now, I feel this is a positive relationship because, look, Lorena is sending me recipes. So it's basically <laughs> an interdimensional pen pal at this point. Um, and it's literally how it is. Um, yeah. It's almost we it's almost a little bit overwhelming that there's one person who has like synchronized to my consciousness. You know, I, it's probably I mean, it's like a big responsibility because it's like like I don't know this woman. And yet. She, she she got synchronized to my consciousness and has since I was like 20 or 21 years old. So she's been aware of everything that I've been doing. So it is a little bit overwhelming because I, and I didn't ever even knew this until I, you know, until I got in touch, you know, but, um, but I have a good feeling about it because I don't think like disembodied spirits send recipes. I might be wrong. <laughs> makes well, a mean after- pound cake. You know? part of your I don't know if she likes pound cake. I mean, I, I she really likes like Indian food, Turkish. Let me see. Okay. Lorena, do you, Lorena, do you like pound cake? Oh, she does. She likes her sweets. Yeah. <laughs> because she really likes baklava. Let me see. I find something she doesn't like. Um, I wonder what she doesn't like. What do people not like? What about cilantro? Cilantro. No, she'll like cilantro for Lime sure. Yeah. Lime, I'm like sure. Soap. I don't know. Lima beans. Um, Lorena, do, do, you, do you like lima beans? Nope. She doesn't like lima beans. Oh, it's maybe. She's like iffy. She's like meh. Depending on how they're cooked. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you know, maybe she just never tried lima beans. I mean, it's kind of, it could be yeah. an obscure bean depending on where you're from and what, you know, what part of the world, right? Yeah. Maybe, well, she's, she, she's, she's on the fence about it, but anyway. Did you ask if she's part of like your higher self or soul group or any of those kinds of questions? That's a, you know, that is important. You know what? That's a good question. Kind of surprised I haven't really thought of asking that, you know, and someone was theorizing on my channel that she is me in a past incarnation. I think like I, I dismissed that right away, but we'll see what she has to say. 
So, um, Lorena, are you, do you, are you part of like my higher self or my soul group? I think I know the answer. Hmm. Like I suspected she's actually not. Um, and Lorena, this, I guess this is going to be the same thing. Are you me from a past life? She's like, nope, no way. And it is, it is funny how that is because, um, you would think that would be the case, but the sense I got is that, you know, this is someone who was assigned to me, like works for an organization and was like, you know, here, here's this interesting guy, Cyrus. And, you know, we, we think you guys are a good match and, you know, can you work as his spirit guide? Right. And I've always had it. I mean, I, I was wondering what the soul group think because I like Turkey. I've been to Turkey twice. So like if there was some kind of a connection that happened there, but still, it is interesting that, you know, someone could be assigned to you who's not your soul group, because I used to, I would just think that they were, right. but maybe, you know, but at the same time, maybe that's better that, you know, you diversify, right? Because I, because I, I have other spirit guides too. So I have spirit guides who I think are the soul group, but for some reason, she is the one that's synchronized to this. And I don't know where the other ones are, you know, why they're not synchronized to this. So. It's just a, it's a lot that I don't understand. It, I wonder if she's assigned to anyone else. If you're, she's not, lady. I've asked, she's she only me. Oh, she's only wow. able to, well, apparently you can only be assigned to one person. Wow. Can we ask her if the, the earth is flat? <laughs> well, Bootsy, you don't have to ask her. You can ask me. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. Well, all, all, all right. So our friend Bootsy seems to be uncertain because there's a lot of people who, make very compelling arguments from a very subjective point of view that somehow the earth is flat. And so Lorena, Lorena, is the earth flat? That's a pretty big no. That's a no. Yeah. Wow. And um, Lorena, is the earth round? Like, like Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and every other planet, it would be really awkward. It's like, well, there's this one planet that's flat. Every other planet is round. It's just don't, don't ask someone was drunk when they were designing the solar system. Anyway, Lorena is, um, is the earth round? Boom. Yeah. That's a big yes. Maybe you should, can ask her if, if it's okay for me to try rods when I get them tonight. I don't know if she would know, be able to know anything about my life through you. Um, we have a caller on the line, Julie, and she, um, wants to know if it'll be safe, if she starts doing this too, like if she has a spirit guide ready to talk or, you know, if it could be dangerous maybe. So uh, do you, what do you think about our Julie here who's talking to us? Would be, do you think it's safe if she buys these rods? That's yes. Yeah. Look at that. Cool. <laughs> That's I really like, I like the precautions. I like that you're saying, you know, like when you were telling me about the pendulum, like, you know, make sure to do those things at the beginning to really ensure that you're asking some specific, you've, you've created boundaries. And I think, you know, if we're doing something from a place like that, I think we have a better chance of, you know, having a safe and uh, enjoyable experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Julie. Um, yeah. You have any, you. Anything else before uh, we let you go? Oh, I'll just, I'll just keep watching. You guys have been on for a while, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's like Joe Rogan goes four hours, right? <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's a very interesting uh, topic. These are it very is. 
It is very interesting. Yeah. And that, that brings me back to my question, just, you know, dealing with our spirit guides, you know, what are some things? Cause I mean, I've done some other things too, right? I've worked with a shaman and uh, you know, and that process is, is different than what I've experienced with, with a spirit guide, for instance, um, you know, dealing with spirit guides uh, as our, uh, our friends, our, our peers that are looking out for us, what can we do to, um, to, to, to give them thanks, gratitude, what, how should we interact? What are some, you know, basic kind of, I guess, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't even know how to say it, but, you know, just practices or, or, or ways to engage with them. That would be. I think, and, you know, Lorena is going to hate me, but I think it's a little bit of a two-way process, which means that, you know, they need to do, put in a little bit of work too. And I don't mean to say that the spirit guides are lazy, but sometimes it's like people go through their whole lives and they don't, they don't know that they even have one. And I think it's difficult to make that connection because not everyone is receptive to have a dream experience or have some way that the contact is made. And then, you know, then typically the spirit guide having nowhere else to turn is going to just work with your intuition and just try to give you like an impulse or an, you know, a, um, you know, like a uh, suggestion, like, like a feeling like I should do that you, they're coming through your intuition. Because if I didn't have these rods, she might be able to come in through my intuition and plant right. plant a thought. But now, because I got the rods, she's able to send me recipes and cologne suggestions. So we've you know we've gone from you know the esoteric and the the intangible of perhaps there's a spirit guide somewhere talking through my intuition to you should try out these uh, fermented breads from India. You know, so it's gone into a whole different spectrum. I don't know how that would be possible without, you know, either having a medium that, you know, or having rods or a pendulum or some way to connect, because now it can be practical advice and like, you know, it can work as a little bit of a team without this, you know, with all due respect to the spirit guide process, it's like, what is it that they can do that will, you know, greatly assist you with your path in life or, or, or even whether it's even, even emotional support, whatever it might be, it just, it seems like, you know, when dealing with humans who are so like psychically disconnected, it really seems like a process that, that, that is futile. You know, it's like, what are you, how, what are they going to do? How are they going to reach us? And um, it's the best thing to do, I think, is to get the rods or the, you know, the pendulum or find some way to open that communication so you can become a team because, Otherwise, it seems really difficult. Uh, in fact, let me just ask. I don't know. This could be a contentious issue. Lorena, do you do you agree with kind of what I was saying? Yeah, she agrees. Cool. Because like, what do you, I mean, Lorena, did it really suck when I didn't know you existed? No. Oh, she's like, no, it didn't suck. She, you know, so she's basically saying that, uh, you know, one way to interpret that would be, you know, she felt involved then, you know, with my life. And maybe even if I didn't know it, like she had that influence or she had that ability, even if I wasn't aware of it. So I guess, you know, we don't fully understand how, how the system works, does it? Do we? Nope. I have a question. Um, actually, this is something that kind of, I don't know if it tripped me up, but it just caught me off guard when I was on that Flat Earther podcast. Um, is like, are, are we being communicated with via the ether i've actually been on clubhouse too uh and like trying to understand the difference between space time and ether uh, and just kind of like digging into that so maybe that's a question we could ask 
Um, how does it so was it reference to flat earth or just ether itself or what is ether or yeah like- I mean that was the question I was asked is like what is what is the ether and I was like what what do you mean I was kind of like caught off guard by that but I guess as I've started to dig a little bit to understand it's basically a th- a theory that uh, is kind of the opposite of of, of of sort of like the space-time sort of Newtonian mm-hmm. uh, physics. Um, so I think that the general idea of it is it's like, yeah. it's like a spirit. It's like a spiritual well, connection that maybe like ties. I, no, I understand though. I mean, I, I know what the ether theory is. So ether theory was in the 1900s. I can't remember right. the guy who first proposed it, but it was considered by Edison and a lot of people back then. And it is still, there's still evidence about it today. There's a little book from maybe like 20 years ago called Alternative Science. Like Richard Melton is the author and he puts up a lot of evidence about ether. And what it is, is that there's actually, instead of space being just blank, there's, there, there is an invisible substance. So you can, you can, you can shoot a laser beam and then there's a, there's a slight delay that happens, which suggests that it's, it's, instead of being having a clear path as light travels, it's actually bumping against stuff. So that could very well be just the multiverse astral plane. Uh, we call it dark matter. It's probably related to that as well. There's also, there's also Ron Pearson was a physicist who explored these concepts about where is the other side, the astral, pl- all this stuff. I mean, it's different vibrational levels of, that are all around us simultaneously. And these are accessible through certain methods and physics physics properties and for example if you know if, if a laser beam is getting you know if, if there is something that's impeding the flow of light then probably that's um stuff on the you know on the other sides wherever you know right. other other vibe frequencies and, and layers and yeah it seems um, like it was like a kind of a way to, to start to begin to unfold or unravel dimensionality uh, when I was listening uh, to someone talk about it, who was like a scientist, he, he had a lot of lofty words, but maybe a better or more straightforward question would be like, does the ether exist? I would say yes, because it has been studied on a scientific level with, you know, with, with results. And it, I think it really, it's going to fit in with dark matter and some of these. And so physicists are very aware, for example, of a dark matter spectrum and, it's not too weird to, you know, slot that in with that, but, you know, I'm not a physicist, but, um, Me either. you know, but we are, we are making head, there is headway, there is stuff finally, you know, crossing the threshold and, um, people are becoming aware of, um, you know, some of these higher dimensional concepts of physics. Now, as for the flat earth people, I mean, it's great that they are looking at these like, um, kind of hidden but true areas of physics and science, but the flat earth concept itself, there's something very strange and psychological involving that um, because, well, the earth isn't flat, but I mean, where is all that information coming from? Like you're a really smart guy, Bootsy. So why are you on the, why were you on the fence? And the, the question is, is like, where is that info coming from? I don't really know, except it's possible certain astral domains might be, quote, flat because um, they might be existing outside of space as we know it. So, so it's like a, like a generated like space or a world that doesn't necessarily belong to like the physics of space or a solar system. 
Now, this could be some environments. It's not, but it's not the typical astral Earth we go to, which is actually this world that is superimposed on top of it. So, you know, you on, on the astral spectrum, you can still go outside and look at the stars, the sky, because it's still, it's still um, essentially this Earth. But there's other types of realms that may exist which don't have a, you know, a geometric shape that we think of it as. You know, it's kind of like you know when you think of a fantasy kingdom in the clouds. I mean, it's not sphere is it it's a you know it's a you could argue it's flat so i don't know if maybe the flat earthers are tapping into something like that they're just confused and they're 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 like you know they have some connection to some other frequency like that and they can't reconcile like what what is what but that 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 that's all i can think of really yeah, no, that, that, that definitely makes sense. I'm on the fence because it doesn't matter to me. I'm not going, you know, to explore uh, the crust or whatever. Um, and if someone believes that, or if they believe the earth, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I still, you know, my day to day is unaffected by that. I don't Unless think- you have to take an airplane flight and then uh, you have to, um, let's see, like if you want to get to the, to Africa, it's a really long flight where the earth is flat. Well, if I'm the pilot, all sure. <laughs> the way around. Right, right. Um, if I'm the pilot, it's, it's another story. But, um, but for me in my day to day, it's just I, I'm I'm glad people ask questions. I think that's good. I encourage that. Um, I don't encourage delusion, but at the same time, like I do encourage uh, people to ask questions and and be curious and 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 do research. So you know, I'm not here to tell anybody uh, in, with anything really with certainty. I'm such a big fan of uh, Robert Anton Wilson's work and the idea that you know, we get so hung up on, you know, our, our paradigm or reality tunnel and we won't let, let that go or even consider other options. You know, uh, I just want to have an open uh, dialogue with people personally. So that's, kind okay. of where, that's what yeah. I'm planning. But um, let's see <laughs> the chat's blowing up, but we got Harriet in here um, and I'm going to let her in to see, see what she has to, uh, to say. Let's see here. She'd be popping in any second. Welcome, Harriet. And thank you so much for hanging around, Cyrus. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's a fun one. I'm probably, I can, I can stay for a little while longer. It's almost noon here. Yeah, a little while longer. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do another like 20 minutes if that works. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. That's good. Hey, Harriet. You there? I think her um, microphone might not be active yet, but Harriet, you can also type in the chat if, if, if you can't get your microphone working. It's like a seance. Harriet, are you with us? Can you hear us? <laughs> I mean, is, my barber did with us. <laughs> yeah, right. And my barber really made me, you know, uh, looking, I'm, I'm looking very seancey, you know, and today I feel like I got the, I got the fade going on. I got the long beard, you know, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely uh, styling for, for this okay. type of uh, <clears throat> event. I gotcha. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm getting a bunch of messages separately. Anyway, go on. Yeah. So Harriet is, um, unfortunately, well, her microphone popped up. Like it wasn't, wasn't there before. So, but it's- I'm going to ask her to unmute. Let's see if she can. Hello, Harriet. Sorry, okay. Harry, it's her father. Huh? Hello? Sorry, guys. It's her father. I'm happy to, see, I'm happy to, to listen to you all. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm happy to listen to you all, everyone. I'll be quiet. No worries. No, did you have anything you wanted to uh, ask or talk about? Uh, well, if it's not too eager to ask. 
how do I know if I have a good spirit following me or something like sucking me, make, make me, making me drink more? Oh, uh-huh, really? It's, it's really, it's important because, and I have to keep this in mind too, with, with, with this communication, I have to stay critically minded. Look, I, I, I really love this girl that I'm talking to with this, but I just, I, I hear a lot of stories. So I have to be vigilant. And that's, that's why I was really trying to get her to confirm her, who she was. And I do have a session booked with a medium that a patron kindly gifted me with a mediumship session with like Isabella Johnson. And I'm um, hoping, you know, Lorena, he will come through as well, multiple levels of verification. But aside from that, like, we also, we don't want to shut down like a spirit guide communication, which might be really good because we're like suspicious or paranoid either. So we have to be careful about that. What we have to do is be very vigilant. Okay. So if um, a communication, like let, let's say someone buys these rods, everything is nice. And then you start getting like negative answers to questions, which, you know, a reasonable person wouldn't provide. Like, like, for example, you know, you could be like, um, um, I, 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 I've been kind of, I've struggled with my health a lot in the last year and I'm definitely getting better. Right. And so I asked Lorena, like, will I ever become healthy again? If like, as a little bit of a test, if she had said no, then I would know right away, well, this is some, this, this is a negative type of influence. Like, like a friend wouldn't tell me that. Even if, you know, I know, I guess it could be the, the painful truth. And I suppose if I had like cancer or something, then it might have to be the truth that maybe I'm not going to get better. Maybe I'm going to cross over. But if it's, if, if it's a freaking post-viral syndrome, then yeah, of course I'm going to get better, right? So, so if someone has a communication and let, 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 let's say it's something, something someone is struggling with, alcoholism or something like that, and the communicator is kind of goading somebody toward like, you know, you know hopelessness or a neg- you know, negative way of looking at things, which is not productive, just like someone you know in this life, you know, this is probably not a positive influence. So someone has to be very careful not to get drawn, drawn down a path with a negative thinking person on that side. Because you know, people there's stories about this, like with Ouija boards and things like that. And people have to yep, people have to be careful, make sure it's a productive, positive relationship with with with, with a spirit guide. Right. Excellent. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Harriet. Where are you calling in from, by the way? Uh Hardad. My name is Ricky. I'm calling from London. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh from London, right on. Yeah, I like London. Yeah. Thank you. I used, to, I used to go there in cool. days past. So, yeah. So the flat earth thing, I think, sparked a, a bunch of questions. Uh, does the ether exist? Does matter warp the incorporeal fabric of space? Is light a particle? There's a bunch. Well, it sounds like we have a, we have a lively bunch of um, scientific minds that, that popped in, which probably could be outside of my area. But let's start from the top. So what, what's the okay. first question? The first question is, does the ether exist? So I would say based upon the historical experiments and modern day verifications, yes, the ether does. In my opinion, as a non-physicist, the ether exists. I do recommend Ron Pearson's work to go deeper into that, but yeah. Very cool. I, I, tend, to, I tend to agree too, I, you know, it's just like on the spot. And uh, let's see, uh, is light a particle? I mean, light, light is... A wave, correct? I mean, uh, I think it's, it's both. Like Alan Watts said, wavicles. But I mean, 
I'm not a physicist either, right? So I'm I try to make the most that I can. And L- make light is light is made of photons, mm-hmm. but light is the um, it's this kind of all encompassing thing, isn't it? I mean, light is a mysterious it, it's a mysterious and uh, spiritual property, you know. And the but- observer effect is what makes it so really difficult to answer questions like this, you know, like these are, these are, you know, uh, mysterious questions that are as old as time itself, seemingly. Um, are there fourth dimensional beings? Are there two dimensional beings? Are there only three dimensional beings? Well, two dimensional beings, you mean, you mean like Mario brothers, you know, or like, uh, <laughs> or like, uh, you know, like you play, play, play Rygar for the NES and this guy, you know, he's jumping around and, 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 uh, shooting the, mythical creature. well i mean um so it's technically like, like flat world right like if a two-dimensional being there's second if we want to use law of one stuff there's second density beings right which might like be rocks, like you know oh no like an insect or a oh, yeah, uh, yeah. or a well maybe even squirrel. an animal you know a squirrel yeah. might be a second density being right. and then a first density being we're going into like the rock spectrum right as for dimensions so yeah, I mean, now we're going into uh, flat world. We're going into like, why would you know? How would a a two D stick figure, you know, be able to conceive of a third dimensional being? It would be outside their comprehension. And so, is the same for a fourth dimensional being. Yet, people on the other side could be defined as fourth dimensional because they are outside of space, so they can go anywhere with thought. And that is one way of looking at it, which I think we can comprehend. Because on, in the astral environment, you can uh, move or teleport outside of space. Space And then fifth dimensional may very well be being outside of time. Mm-hmm. So you can um, go back and forth in time just naturally. Like you want to go back to Tuesday, you can go back to Tuesday. Yeah. So Julie's saying, uh, I think my, it's my friend Dylan. And he is a very smart and curious uh, person. And he's, he's asking, he's saying... Uh, will you ask uh, Lorena uh, some of these questions um, about is light a particle or um, yeah. is the ether? Does the ether exist? Um, so Lorena, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're following the the conversation, Lorena. I think she is. Thank you, Lorena. By the way, um, Lorena contacting Lorena. So Lorena, do you think? Okay, would you say that the ether exists? If you know what that is. She really thinks she's really opinionated. She really That's thinks That's a resounding so. yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And um, is is light a particle? Do you consider that? Would you, I, I think I have a feeling what she might say. Do you consider light a particle? Kind of what I thought. It's, so it's going toward no and maybe. Yeah. Between maybe and no. So Looks it's like a of, maybe. You know, again, it's, it's that observer sort of effect. You know, the way that Dispenza talks about it is, kind of like what's on the other side is like a wave. And then when it kind of comes into the physical, it's, it's more like a particle and I'm grossly oversimplifying. So again, I'm not a physicist nor a chiropractor for that matter, okay. but you know, it kind of makes sense to me. Like I said, Alan Watts would say wavicles. And then when we test, you know, the observer effect, we basically get what we test for. And so we're seeing this phenomenon of the world as a mirror and what we are projecting sort of being reflected. So you know, it's it's very mysterious. Um, Oops. There, there, there was a spirit with us, I think. Oh, it's just Harriet. My oh, bad. it's Harriet. <laughs> very. I think very your microphone was on, and then uh, anyway. Um, anyway, uh, so go on. Was there any um, more questions here? or? 
Oh, does mass or matter warp the incorporeal fabric of space? Mass or well, when we say incorporeal, that's kind of a strange Ooh, that's terminology cool. to be using. So corporeal would be of matter, the body, or corporeal existence. Mm-hmm. Incorporeal would be beyond that. So technically, if someone is dead, they're incorporeal. But at the same time, are they really? Because if you have some kind of body on that side, are you still corporeal? So I mean, it's like 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 Lorena. I never asked this, Lorena. Do you consider that you have a body on that side? Yeah, she thinks yeah. so. Okay. So this body, like like Lorena, like, is, do you have blood in your body? Yeah. Weird. And that and that is what I mean. I've been in the astral body. I've poked myself, and I've, you know, I've bled. So there's. So it's really like weird how all that works together. Like, why do we generate bodies? Where does biology come from? Does the universe auto generate biology to be compatible with a, a soul that's housing it? I don't know. And the, the, these are, this, the, you know, that, that, that's the frontier. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. A lot of people would never even believe that. Like what I just asked the, the, the thousand communicator, but I mean, I can back it up with my own experiences, you know? So, and it's, and I don't understand it. Gotcha. No, that, that makes sense. I mean, as above, so below, right? Like uh, yeah. the, the systems are going to be reflected or mirrored. So Julie's got her hand up. I'm going to ask you to unmute Julie. Well, I was just thinking, I may have missed this before, but did Lorena say where she sort of resides, like on the astral or if she plans to reincarnate? Or- um, she, uh, she communicated to me a higher astral. So it was the middle astral level, which is like where I might go when I'm out of my body higher spectrum it's going to be like you know it's it's a level like you know it's a very like luminous beautiful hard to just put into word kind of like environments that we do hear about from people who are more advanced than me like jürgen for example and so that that is what we would call a higher it's from from that level it's like not as easy to go down into like you can do it but people typically don't want to and it's like when i go out of my body i'm on that middle level so that that's why lorena said we're not really able to connect that way i wouldn't be like I wouldn't be able to connect with her on that side through an out of body trip because I'm always on that middle, much more earth-like level. As for where she is, I mean, like she did say that there was an astral Istanbul, but she didn't say that's where she lived. So I don't really, I don't know where she lives. I probably have to do it. I'd have to spell it out with an alphabet again to figure out if there's, if there's a corresponding earthly city, but you know, there might not be. Is the um, higher astral considered fifth dimension or fifth density? I think so, but I think it might be between fourth and fifth density. I think the true, I think going fully into fifth density gets almost like you're outside of time. And uh, I don't think so. I don't think she's completely outside of time. Like Lorena, can you, can you go back in time? Like as if you were just like, you know, walking out the door, can you, can you travel in time? And let me move up so, because I don't want to hit the wire. Hmm. Yeah. So it looks like, she, she can't really travel in time. So I don't know if it would be quite, because there's still even levels above the higher astral. And that could be what, like what we call fifth density, maybe. Can she choose to reincarnate here again, at, even at her level? Yeah, Lorena, do you plan to reincarnate? Oh, it looks like she's really undecided. She's, 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 she's leaning toward like maybe to know. Do we choose? Do we choose to be born here? Do we choose when we get born here on Earth? 
Yeah, she's that's a big yes. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, that, that that's a generalized term. So we don't know right. One thing for one person might not be for somebody else, you know. Sure. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm all for like I said, open forum, uh, the educate the mark of an educated mind is to enter, entertain a thought without accepting it or rejecting it. You know, we're all here to learn 100%. So, you know, nothing's nothing's really definitive in that sense, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be people who are like, this is all BS. You can't go out of your body. And uh, there's no way that he's communicating with someone through dowsing rods. And that's all right. And, you know, my, my group, Afterlife Topics and Metaphysics, and in case you're new here, you want to know, like, again, the, the YouTube channel that I have, and um, maybe we can even, you know, uh, cross put some content, you know, between both of our channels, too. But, uh, yes, yeah, Afterlife Topics and Metaphysics. And, yeah, people do sometimes call, come in. It's like, I don't believe in out-of-body experiences, but I watch your channel anyway. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I'd be happy to hash it out, like why you don't believe in it. But obviously that there's something interesting enough about it that you want to keep learning about the subjects, which is why you keep coming back to the channel. But it is interesting, you know, like, um, but, you know, yeah, exactly. It can be, there, there, there tends to be, even if I don't agree with it. So if someone says like out-of-body experiences are not real, I mean, I'll really disagree with that. But what I prefer because this is also like a big rule on the, on the Facebook group. I prefer that someone articulates their point of view in a discussion-based way. Absolutely. Because someone will sometimes come onto the group and be like, there's no such thing as, as an afterlife and you're all deluded. Of course, I'll ban that person. Right. But if someone's like, I, I don't believe in an afterlife yet because I read a book. By, oh, here's the one. Like even Alan, Alan Watts was like, he, he's like when you die you sleep forever and I, I i mean i just don't understand like how he got to that conclusion but someone could start string together arguments that can start going being opposition to everything i'm talking about then we can have a discussion about it or debate and i'll explain why i disagree why i have these opinions and experiences but um if you if you're discussing this stuff with everybody that's great i don't i don't have a problem with the with the discussion there's no reason for it to be heated but then sometimes you know we get the people on the channel and on the group who do come in in an adversarial position and it's i'm i, I mean I'm, I'm not perfect i'm sure that i've caused problems in the past too but most of the time like when that adversarial when the confrontation happens because someone comes in with like fist swinging yeah you know and I don't understand, like, and this happens a lot with this, the, the so-called skeptic community. I call it the pseudo-skeptic community. Yeah. You know, but, you know the, 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 these communities that are like, uh, basically they're materialist it, ideologues. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they come in with fist swinging, you know, to not only say that these topics don't exist, but the people talking about them are scammers and con artists. Right. And I'll tell you one thing. Like if I was a con artist, I'm the least efficient one of all time because I'm sure I kind of do my own thing. Like I'll, I, I, I edit books. I'm an editor. I sometimes teach English. I do all, you know, patrons help support the channel. But if I gave up all this afterlife stuff and went back to like, you know, a corporate job, like I'd be freaking making six figures. Like I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, the, the impoverished monk at this point, you know, walking a spiritual path and, you know, patrons help me keep some food on the table. But, you know, the con artists argument, like so often, it just doesn't make any sense. But we get people coming in, like anyone who's a medium, anyone who has experiences, anyone who has 
think thoughts about this subject. It's all this big elaborate scam. And that kind of shows like maybe the person saying this has some kind of unworked, unresolved problem or paranoia or a cynical view of other people. I don't know. Anyway, that's enough, enough out of me about that. No, I, 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 I relate to you a lot on that. You know, like I've done a lot of my, my work too. Uh, and just, I've, I've worked really hard to, to try to share some information that might help people. And if it does great. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Um, you know, I didn't up until now really go into all of this. I was a TV producer, so I was making a lot more money, you know, uh, cast and prank shows <laughs> than before I started doing all this stuff. Uh, we've got a couple other questions. If you don't mind, I know we're getting pretty close to the top of the yeah, hour. It's okay. It's not a big deal. We can, yeah, keep going. Thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Cause it. I'm having fun. So, you know, probably like 1230, I should get out of here and walk the dog, but okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up before that. I, I think for sure. Um, so uh, should humans eat meat? Is a question. I mean, you know, I in do. my mind, there's big issues with the, you know, the cruel farming systems, which oh, is, yeah. it's a big issue. Mm -hmm. On a spiritual vantage point, if you're raising animals and you kill one and you get and everyone gets fed, there was a possibility that that animal that you slaughtered might be hanging around you as if it was like a pet and has no issues with the fact that you took its life mm. because animals are closely connected to us as well on that side and it's very possible that you know everyone loves a cow that's in the farm and then you take its life and it provides food for everybody and the cow is you know on the astral spectrum again as a cow you know doing whatever cows might do on the astral spectrum it's probably very similar to what they do on this spectrum which is you know kind of lumber around and eat grass and be cute you know and so it's, it, it might not necessarily be you know, because death isn't always a negative thing. Now, the farming operations is a whole different thing because there's, you know, it's a strange thing, isn't it? Now, for me, it's like if I go vegan or vegetarian, I lose a lot of energy and I have a lot of like, you know, gradual health issues. So now we're in a, in a strange and difficult situation that I think just relates to the overall imbalances of the earth and what we may be forced to have to do. Um, but I mean, I could ask Lorena if she eats meat and I'm pretty sure the answer is going to be either no, or, you know, when she does it's replicated meat. So on that side, you can replicate materials without, you know, you don't have to kill an animal. Hmm. So, um, but that's, but, you know, but I, I know that through my own studies and experiences. And so earth is a very chaotic and, um, very primitive environment. Very, very, um, it's just, it's like Dolores Cannon's communicators have said before. It's like the, it's like the SHIT hole yeah. of, of the universe. And yeah. coming here is a freaking like, you gotta be brave or insane, or maybe you were sent here as a, in the prison theories, you know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that, someone's at uh, Britta. I love your question. This is great. Are aliens like the Pleiadians and reptilians real? In my opinion, Yes. Um, there's a lot of literature about those things from certain insiders, as well as communications on astral spectrums with, you know, there's countless ET races that are just, you know, in our particular, um, sphere of influence on this planet. And, uh, I was thinking like, I really like, even though it's really wild, 
But I can, I know when people are telling the truth, I really like the testimonies of Tony Rodriguez and his experiences of being basically being a slave for a secret space program. And he talks about his experiences, you know, face to face with reptilian types of entities. And some of this may be happening on an astral level or not even happening in this particular plane of existence. And I do think that that can happen too. I think a lot of them exist on the other side. And that's why it's so intangible, impermanent on this side. Like, like why, why some people might see an ET like pop into their home and it's gone because it's actually, it exists on that side. And so um, ultimately they do exist. How closely connected that spectrum is to this existence and this reality. I don't know. It may even be that they're barely here at all, except that they, you know, on a intangible basis or abduction experiences, which are really in your astral body, not even in your physical body. You know, so I, there's a lot of components like that. So it's not so cut and dry where it's like, ooh, the queen is a reptile, says David Icke. It's not, it's not so cut and dry like that. That makes sense. Uh, and then Britta asks, uh, do we keep our identity after we die or do we keep changing our identities, name, I, gender, nationality, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, the, those, those identity level things, I think that, for example, like this, this, this guide I'm communicating with, is the same identity that you had on earth. And when you meet people over there, they have these identities, but what changes is if we are connected to your higher, I mean, your higher, your higher self, which could have the memories of a hundred other lives. Right. And then it's like, which identity, which identity do you choose? You know, which one are you going to go with? Like I'll probably go with Cyrus because Cyrus is awesome, you know, but I, you know, and I think it took a lot of lives to get to, you know, where I'm at. But if I really want to be um, Bob, the fisherman from 1452, and I have no idea what my past lives are, by the way, I guess I'll, you know, once I'm reconnected, I'll be able to switch over and become Bob. And maybe that, that would help if I want to meet someone I knew as Bob, the fisherman. Right. But um, at a core level, you know, we have a soul level identity, which is our personality, the essence we feel when we talk to somebody. And that is the thing that is pervasive. So there's, there's a soul level essence. It doesn't matter what the name is. That's awesome. Yeah. I really like that. It's really, really cool. Anything else guys, you guys got any other questions? I know your name's not Harriet. What, what is your, tell me, tell us your name one more time. My name is Ricky. Ricardo. Ricky. Ricky. Ricardo. Yes, I've been okay. following for a long time since the reality transurfing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But now I have more people to follow. Definitely. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody, if if you know if you're watching this, you, you've been checking out my work. I, I highly recommend Cyrus's work. It's very balanced, and um, I was really impressed with what I what I saw. I, I don't even remember exactly how I came across you. I think someone had maybe posted something of yours on Instagram or something like that. And I was like, Oh, this looks cool. I'll check it out. And then I watched a few of your videos and I really, really like your approach. You know, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's put forth with, uh, with, you know, uh, with, with care and, and, and balance. And, you know, as we got to get into this sort of woo woo world or whatever we want to call it, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's people who are just fucking off the rails. And then there's people who are, like you said, you know, these, these, skeptics uh who just won't believe anything and, I, and i've been there i've been an objectivist you know when i first read ayn rand's work i was like oh well this is the gospel and then i read something else that was maybe super woo woo and i was like well this is no now this is the gospel my reality tunnel has changed so many times and that's you know once again why i really uh, uh resonate so much with like robert anton wilson's work 
and the Dean Zealands for that matter, because we can alter uh, our own perception. We're having this subjective experience within this objective world. So, yeah. um, And it also affects the afterlife or where we go with what, what that perception is will determine often what specific group we go into. Like I'm sure Ayn Rand's groups will all go to an objectivist afterlife. Like this is not the afterlife. So we must still be alive, you know, (laughs) because we don't believe in spiritual subjects, but even that is becomes its own afterlife as weird and weird as it sounds. Oh, that sounds terrible. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure I'm I'm sure it's horrific, but anyone has the ability to get out of a particular situation too. Um, But it's, it doesn't do oneself. I am also kind of an objectivist, I guess, because I, I believe in objective reality, you know, like you, you can, you can get there even with a med- meditation based approach of like, what is, what, what is really going on, but also experiential approach, but understanding the, 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 the subjective type of thing you, you can choose to go into a subjective world. If that is serves your creative purpose, you know, if that, that might, we all have a different creative purpose. And um, we have to be very careful in this field of people enforcing their subjective will or view of reality on other people. Same with politics, you know, we don't want to talk about politics too much. I don't, I, I, I try never to bring it up, but if someone is like, you know, I told you, boy, I've been to North Korea, I've been to North Korea in this world, and I've been to North Korea on the astral plane. And I attended a speech by Kim Jong il, who's deceased here. And those people, you know, that's a cult. It's a giant cult mm-hmm. and it's a cult here. And it's, fu- it's furious and terrifying here on that side. It's kind of like all this bottled up energy, but they don't have the ability to impose their will on people because they're, they're their own, you know, isolated type of environment. And they're, they're actually, it's, it's a lot better on that side. I'll tell you that, but it's still, you know, that still type culty. of, yeah, it's still that environment, which is dangerous, you know, in the sense that, you know, people, if, if you give consent, you know, to look back to my um, spheres of, of consciousness that we talked about at the beginning of the, of the show, you know, if it's the powers of consent. So if you give consent, and especially if you don't know you've given consent, you can fall into those types of places, right? Someone here, who, if you don't want to join the North Korean collect, soul collective group, then don't become like, ooh, I love Juche philosophy and Kim Jong-il. As soon as you're like giving attention to it, it's like you're giving a kind of consent to it. Like you're giving positive attention. Like I'm aligning myself to it. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Reincarnated into North Korea? Trust me, you don't want that to happen <laughs> because it's, unless you want to learn from being in the most extreme levels of suffering imaginable, but that's the spiritual warfare. And that's just one example of one of one soul group collective that manifests on this earth and in other frequencies, but there's of course many others. Man, that's a really well put. Uh, we got Julie's got her hand up. I'm going to ask her to unmute uh, and go right ahead, Julie, whenever you're ready. Um, I just have so many questions, but um, I was wondering Cyrus, if there is a question that you personally have of the universe that you've never really gotten the answer to or a couple of them because people yeah. have a lot of questions but i wonder if you have a question that you know you're just like whoa i really would like the answer to this some things maybe are beyond being able to get the answer to and that's part of having to under you know just because there's a certain 
issues concerning things that are outside of like my own, our own mental abilities, like concerning topics like infinity, concerning topics that everything that has ever existed or could ever exist does exist, yet is linked back to a central source consciousness that has created every individual consciousness that could ever possibly exist. And yet that number is infinite, yet each individual consciousness is a separate and unique identity. So that's a contradiction. How is it that there's, how is it there's not a finite number of souls? You know, because you almost on a logical level, there needs to be a finite level, even if that number is incomprehensible. But is it, so is it really infinite? I don't know. So I guess that's, that's the thing that I don't understand. Well, yeah, um, I don't know about y'all, but my brain just kind of blew up when he just with you talking about it. Um, and, and my other really thing that I always wonder is why? Like, I really want to know why people, why entity spirits reincarnate here. Like you said, it's the, you know, the crab hole of the universe. I, I, I'm baffled by it. Personally, I'm going to give a, I'll give a big shout out to look, I, I really strongly recommend for people not to go down like the paranoid rabbit hole of like, um, the light is a soul trap and we're forced to reincarnate again and again and again and again forever until we can escape and go to Jupiter or what, whatever this process is that, that, that was cooked up via channeling and not really objective information. So I strongly suggest to be careful of going down a fear-based path, but I also think they're onto something because it also confirms some of, some of my interpretations or experiences concerning people joining soul groups being pressured into, or even if you've given consent ahead of time, forced into having to reincarnate in order to keep a system going. I mentioned North Korea as an example, but that's a good example also, because when you are stuck in a system where it's like you have to have complete loyalty to the party, and that party is operating on a higher spectrum as well. And it wants souls that are loyal to it to keep coming back into the earth again and again. It's like you've joined a collective that's going to make you keep coming back again and again. You know, you're going to be stuck as a prisoner. And this could be happening on other levels as well. So it's very important when people cross over to not listen to any entity that's telling, it to re- telling you to reincarnate. Not you know to be very skeptical of any authoritarian groups that are trying to tell you like we are your religious figure you must do what we tell you to do, because I think there's a lot of ways that people get duped into coming back here, and then there's people who come back on a mission to help the world. There's people who come back because of like the the we kind of the harvest or awakening or whatever you know Dolores Cannony love one ish kind of stuff. Where it's like, you know, we're part of, we're, we're like, we know it's the worst possible place in the universe and the existence of this planet and its nuclear weapons and its motivations are actually hurting the entire multiverse and making everyone sink a level lower because we suck so bad here. Because, <laughs> like, the level of suck that we have, it's so. We're so incomprehensibly bad, even though we have beautiful cultures and there's like a Japanese culture. It's so beautiful or, you know, uh, South American cultures, Africa, like it's so much beautiful stuff, but those also it's so corrupted. And so there's many people who come to deal with that. And then finally, there's people I think who are like, 
going through a boot camp here because they know that it, you know, you, you get a level of maturity and strength coming here that other people don't come here. Keep in mind, it's not just incarnation here, it's incarnation into the earth-like astral spectrum. So you so let's say you're a formless orb of light. And you want to get to the astral spectrum of Earth, which is like here, but it doesn't suck. And all the beautiful cultures and uh, people and foods and ideas and philosophy and history and all that stuff is on the astral spectrum. First, you have to incarnate into the physical body here to get the astral body. <laughs> and so if you want to get to there, you have to come through here first. And, um, and that's a, that's a really, you know, nasty process. But if, if you're a little orb of light floating around and you're like, well, what identity, what soul group, what planet am I going to come into? You might really, really like earth and you might really like the astral version of this planet. How do you get to that astral version? You have to come through here and that's how you get the astral body to be able to live in that, in, in this portion of the multiverse. So how does that fit in with the law of one? And do you think the earth is on a trajectory of becoming a fourth density positive or negative? Yeah, it is. And that's the, that's the, that's the awakening process here that has to happen because it's so negative here and controlled by so many negative groups and reptilians and things like that. You know, they have such a power, they have such a chokehold on this planet. And there's a lot of entities that want to see, want to see this planet get into becoming like, other planets in the, in the in the galaxy or the universe or probably even a local galaxy and we just can't we can't figure it out and a lot of that was because of its slavery um and and dark powers and it's really really important for everybody that this planet if not fourth density you know 3.2 density like we need to just get out of the level we're at right now and that that's in process of happening and it's a somewhat of a subtle process but um, that is happening. It has to be done. And if it doesn't get done, it's going to bring everyone else down. That's why it's so important. So is, so is the earth, a third? so I guess the earth right now would be considered a, a third density neutral because uh, it's not positive or negative yet, I guess. I'm just trying to apply. That's it a, that, that, that is a good way. There's, there's definitely factions that are more service to self here you know so i mean and, and the thing of ruling entities because as we learn you can be of a service to self path and actually raise all the way up to like fourth higher higher level density even as service to self this is why there can be interdimensional evil entities there can be entities that are more powerful in our in their mind and their ability to be on the astral spectrum maybe even the higher astral spectrum and yet still be aligned to what we what we would define as evil yeah and, the, and those are the things that, that that can have the power over a whole society uh especially a weaker society and but but when you go past a certain point it's no longer compatible with service to self and then you know uh, that this is why like let's say a reptilian entity that's fourth density thinks it's the most evolved and powerful entity of all time but then a fifth density being was, is going to laugh at it, but the reptilian can't get beyond where it's at, even though it's like light years more advanced and powerful than a human is, those entities light years more advanced than that entity is. And that reptilian stuck in its ego doesn't realize that. 
but we have to ultimately work it out. The higher density beings can't come in here and fix all our problems for us because it goes back again to concepts of free will and um, not inter non-interference. So that's the situation and it sucks, but that is, you know, why people are doing what they're doing here. I like to think of, uh, actually, this isn't my thought. It was uh, a friend of mine who I, I consider, you know, really, really uh, close friend of mine. But, you know, we were talking one night and, and he said, you know, if, if let's say, and I don't mean to get biblical here, but if the, if the mercy of God is unending, then it would have to be tested, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that there, there was uh, the Luciferian group souls, one way to call it. And that, that, that the spectrum of, of a controlled or measured evil or chaos it is serves, does serve a purpose. I mean, every single film, what would the Lord of the Rings be without a Sauron? Exactly. You know, like it has be to be conflict. Mm -hmm. It'd be the story of some hobbits eating and drinking and being merry. And um, that wouldn't have been a good story, would it? So it's boring as shit. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, maybe Sauron knew this or knows this because Sauron would be the example of like a fourth to higher density being that that's still on the evil spectrum. Um, you know, and um, I w I'm not going to say like what's evil is not evil because that goes back to that same, right. you know, of, of moral relativism right but it's also possible for an advanced like luciferian group soul evil entity again look at my the dark sorcerer archetype on my on my little chart i made for something to be uh, be in that area skirting around the negative karma by operating in this area of free will but knowing that it's kind of serving chaos or it's serving a um its own selfish in intent and then you know we're going to see what the end goal of that is but it, in, in doing that it might be aware that it's bringing a level of enlightenment to everybody else at the same time. So kind of like a negative entity or a dark, I'd say the dark, a dark angel is a better way to put it. You know, the, a dark angel archetype. So that could be like metaphorically speaking, Sauron. And I think sometimes we have to be challenged in order to take those next steps in order to really grow too, you know, as whatever it is that we're here, you know, doing, uh, if we, if we didn't have any challenges, if we didn't have anything that sort of sparked uh, us to, to change, to grow, then we might not grow, you know, like we just might not. So I feel like that test, I'm not, and again, I'm on the same page with you. I don't think I could, I'm not going back to like some solipsistic thing, but I do, um, I do think that there are catalysts that, you know, kind of uh, help, like it, it, and it really depends on how we react to these situations as well. You know, it's, it's up to us to take a positive action when we're faced with difficulty. And I think that's part of why we're here to learn unconditional love. Right. And that has to be tested if it's unconditional. And I think that dance happening so long as we have some of the left hand path, individual consciousness and the unity consciousness, when someone's individual consciousness is getting a little bit imposing on other people, this is part of the dance that I think happens in life. And we know we see that dance all the time. Every day we go to work, whatever the case may be. And I think that that dance is good for us. But then, then there's the extreme where when you have the Holocaust or something like things that just get completely out of control. And the, the place that no one wants to be is hell. So, I mean, like if you look at that chart, below even a gray spectrum, you go into the pure black kind of like service to self, individual aid consciousness that just gets so corrupted and people who are damaging other people's free will so badly that they're in a spectrum of extreme self-hatred and shame. And that, that, yeah, that, that's down there on that, in that lowest black spectrum. 
of what we would call evil. And this creates negative astral worlds, like the kind of, like there's a book called Vistas of Infinity by Jurgen Ziva, it's J-U-R-G-E-N. And he's one of the greatest out-of-body explorers of all time. And so he has been into the hell spectrum. And this is a point where um, that's game over. But it's not to say you can't get out of it. You can get out of that. But to get out of that, you're going to be in a really broken, easy to manipulate state of consciousness, which I call the damaged karmic consciousness on the right side, where it's just, um, even though we don't, even though time is not linear and is not like we think it is, you're stuck in these levels of vibration and time is going to feel very linear and you're going to be stuck in this state for, you know, what could be millions of years. Mm. If you, if you, if you end up, on a level of consciousness where you are like, um, you know, Heinrich Himmler, you know, you're going to be in a, you're going to be stuck for a very, very, very long time. Same as if you end up as like a, um, I don't want to get censored on YouTube, but like a self harm inflicting bomber. <laughs> um, and this is, this is what Jürgen discovered, you know, like, like you, you give up your own life just to inflict, um, chaos and destruction against other people. Like you're going to end up on astral spectrums, which are not pretty. And it's going to take a endless work from your guides and everyone else to help get you out of that condition. And it sucks. So we, as a collective humanity, we don't want to end up on that spectrum because there's forces that on the, there, there's evil forces. I think that would be happy to, to, put humanity and everything take it all down to that level and that is the part i i think that is the spiritual war that that is where there's even some you know possible uh, accuracies with biblical ideas but maybe only a few <laughs> but you know that, to me that is kind of a, a spiritual conflict and um that's why you do have to do the work or the work has to be done to elevate the planet up above this density because if you don't and if you, you give power let's say to like fourth density negative entities, then they'd be happy to see the whole planet plunge into that dark spectrum while they're over here controlling all of them. So we don't want that to happen. We don't want the destruction of humanity or the galaxy or the universe to happen. So that's why you have, we have to do, people have to do work. I love it, man. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. I feel like we've kind of come full circle and it's been a really, really good discussion. I, I want to thank you again, Cyrus, for being willing to come and chat with, uh, with us. And man, I really got a lot out of this. Thank you so much for answering some of my personal questions and for giving such a great detailed, um, uh, explanation on so many different topics. Everybody be sure to go. I've got the link in the description uh, for Cyrus's uh, YouTube channel. Go and subscribe. Check out his website. It's also in there. His book is available. Um, I didn't there's, know there, there's three books, actually. But oh, well, is, two books I wrote and there's a co-written book called Awakened by Death. But yeah, very, very cool. So three books. And also a ton of books that are unrelated to all this like I have a book called How to Quit Your Job and a book called How to Make Money While Traveling. And all, all that stuff is <laughs> yeah. complete. Well, maybe it's not completely unrelated because it's all interwoven. But that was my old writing days. And, but I brought all this up to the surface. And so that's, yeah. So the big, thick, real books that are published. Sometimes even you, you might actually, 
sometimes you'll find understanding life after death at Barnes and Noble. So it's possible on the shelf in the, in the, um, what is it? The esoteric studies aisle. They have one. You might find, you might find my books there, but most, but you can also just order it at the, at the counter. If people still use Barnes Noble, I don't know. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just be sure to check out his, and your Facebook group is also the same name afterlife topics. Uh, yeah. Afterlife topics and metaphysics. And we have a Reddit group. It's smaller afterlife topics. And there's a MeWe group, which is like a uh, life after death discussion. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you again. I've got a couple of those links in there. I'll add some more after this chat. And I really want to thank everybody out there for coming and hanging out with us, asking questions and engaging. Blessings to each and every one of you. Much, 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 much love. Uh, you know, hit me up, let me know uh, what you want to see, and I'll see if I can. Uh, cultivate that for you. Um, we also, I also have a discord group. Uh, please, uh, hit me up about that. A Facebook group as well, which is absolutely free. Uh, be sure to go and check that out and, uh, yeah, keep in touch. And thanks again, everybody so very much for hanging out today. We'll see. Thank you, you Bootsy. And, um, I'll be sure to get the link out there to my groups as well. So be sure to subscribe to Bootsy's channel if you're here from there. And, um, so great. And thank you. And we'll be in touch and feel free. I hope maybe I'll see you around. If you feel, if I don't know if you use Facebook, probably not because it's a <laughs> shill site, but if you do, you know, come by. The no, Facebook dude. <laughs> I definitely do. I do. I do use Facebook.